Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of What Have We Been Watching, a movie deep dive each fortnight where we discuss your favorite movie topics and then rank them. Thank you for joining us every episode. Uh, Just a reminder to like us on Facebook and Instagram, and you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Anchor. I am joined once again by my lovely co-host, Westy. Westy, how have you been? I've been great. Great to be here. Thank you again for having me on my own podcast. It's amazing. (laughs) Uh, But uh, I've really enjoyed the content that we've produced so far together. It's been a very good, successful uh, first four episodes. If you haven't, please go back and check them out. We've covered Best Movies of 2020. We've covered uh, Ranking the Karate Kid films, which I think is underrated. uh, That episode, not many people are listening to it. Go check that one out. Probably our best. And our most anticipated movies of 2021, of course, with Matt Dupont as our special guest the last two weeks. But overall, I've had a a pretty relaxing fortnight. It's that time of the year where not much is releasing, so uh, it's more about catching up with content I've missed and Obviously, I watched a lot of romance movies in uh, preparation of this list, played some video games, and watching my favorite, new favorite show, one of my new favorite shows, and that is WandaVision, which just keeps getting better oh, each and every week, Nolsey. It does. I haven't watched this week's one yet, so don't spoil it for me, but I'm very excited. As I said, I've heard some good things. Um, but yeah, spoiler alert from before, this week we are looking at romance films, uh, and we are joined... In honor. Oh, yeah. Well, in honor of something very special that's coming up next week which is valentine's day so this is your reminder to um go out and get all those partners of yours some presents if you haven't already i don't know what his husband's listening to the podcast (laughs) as we record Uh, but yeah this week we are joined by the lovely sky hi sky welcome to our podcast for the first time oh no problem um sky is my sister so uh and she watched a lot of romance movies sky i hope you enjoyed the start of the Show, have you listened to a couple of episodes? Yeah, I have. Um, I think I have some similar opinions to Noletta compared to you because we definitely have differing opinions well, listen, on Listen, we'll find out. We just grow <laughs> all the time. That's what siblings do. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's good to have you on the show. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, romance is definitely my favourite genre. So should be good. Mm, I'm very excited to get into it. But before we do, we have a new segment that we want to introduce uh, where we are going to discuss sort of the biggest news stories that are happening in the movie world. Uh, Westy, what have we got? Uh, So this uh, segment we thought would, uh, you know, beef up the show a little bit in our letter and uh, we've got a new segment called Top 5. And in this segment, we're going to go through it every fortnight and go through the five top stories that we've chosen to discuss uh, each fortnight that have happened in the pop culture atmosphere. And uh, the first story we've got today in our letter is the Golden Globe nominees for 2021 uh, came out a couple of days ago. The ceremony will take place uh, at the end of February, February 28th, the last day of the month, mm-hmm. in anticipation of the Oscars that have been played, obviously due to the pandemic, until April this year. Uh, in the drama Category for the best motion picture, usually these films are an indication of what will be nominated for best picture um, at the Oscars. And the nominees for that are The Father, Mank, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, and The Troll of the Chicago 7. Minari was another one that was highly touted by our own Matt Dupont um, as a movie to watch. Yeah, that's been nominated for best foreign film. It did also get nominated for a uh, SAG award for best drama. So that's probably also in contention for the award. Noletta, I know you've seen the whole list. What do you think of the uh, nominees for Best Motion Picture in Drama and what are your overall thoughts on the 2021 Golden 
Globe nominees? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously I've only personally watched Mank on the drama side of things. Um, in the musical and comedy, I've, I've watched a few other ones as well. Um, but I just want to say that this is the first time in history that more than one female has been um, nominated for Best Director. So we've got three women that are, have been nominated this year. Um, and I mean, oh, it's such a good thing. It's crazy that this hasn't happened before this year. There's a lot of, to be uh, honest, there's but a lot of different cultures and different backgrounds in the, in the nominations. Yeah, so they've definitely yeah. gone very diverse this year. And I mean, because the Oscars have been delayed, there's. I honestly think there's been a lot more um, sort of interest in the Golden Globes nominees this year than normal because of the delay in the Oscars, I think. Obviously, you've seen a lot of different movies because, as I said, there's a lot of that haven't been released over the last year. Um, even a lot of the, you know, the Oscar kind of usual movies and considerations are very yeah. different list this year. And my number one, I did, don't need to brag on it, but my number one movie of 2020 <laughs> is one of the nominees for drama, and that is it The is, Trial it of Chicago is, 7, yep. and I hope that one gets up. But uh, overall, it's a very... It's, it's, let's be honest, 2020 was a weak year for movies. Yeah. So, um, Well, the fact alone that Hamilton has been nominated when it's not really a movie, it's a stage show, but it just was huh. recorded for like film as a film. And I mean, it doesn't really have any of those same elements that usual movies will have. So I feel like that just kind of shows just how lacking um, they are in terms of like selections but as I, I said the golden globes obviously is not treated with the same caliber no, of Oscar, but it's definitely not. an indication of where they are leaning most of the time when it comes to that obviously there are some differences but yeah. uh no madeline is a heavy favorite when it comes to uh the motion picture but i think overall it's a very open race for, for different categories and what yeah, we win awards so sky um you uh you do watch movies. That's something you do. Um, <laughs> do you care particularly about the award season when it comes to films? Um, obviously, Oscars have got some controversial picks and stuff over the years. What do you think of these Golden Globes nominees? And do you care about them? Um, I mean, to an extent, I do. It's just I like the fact that I would watch the movie by myself and make my own opinion other than people just basing what they watch around what wins awards and stuff. But um, I've only seen Promising Young Woman in terms of the movie nominations and I did like the movie I thought it was really decent and the plot was really good I just can't see it winning best picture or something like that it just didn't really have the Oscar kind of vibe I feel like if it wasn't for such a bad year it probably wouldn't have been yeah yeah definitely that's how I feel as well she added as well before we move on to our next story with uh, The Mandalorian getting nominated for best drama when it comes to the it makes me happy yes Yes, that is the Golden Globes Um, so yeah that's exciting as well um Moving on to our second news story of the day, and uh, it's one that just keeps happening in the past year and a half, no letter. It's that a lot of uh, Hollywood movies have been delayed once again due to the pandemic, um, most notably uh, No Time to Die, the new James Bond movie was supposed to release a release, I believe, at the end of 2019. It got delayed just naturally to March last year, and it's been pushed back ever since. The Quiet Place got delayed again, Ghostbusters Afterlife, Uncharted, and Elvis both being pushed to 2022, both were on my list. Um, what are your opinions about all these delays? And do you think that, um, obviously, Warner Brothers uh, are releasing their slate, which is good news with HBO Max this year, but do you think that Black Widow and the whole Disney situation, they seem very reluctant to put on Disney+, Plus, could be the kind of the last pin to fall in all these delays? Yeah, well, I mean, it could happen. It'll be interesting to see, but I feel like it's kind of been just inevitable because America is still really struggling 
over there um and on obviously you've got a lot more movies that are now trying to come to australia to film because of how bad the rest of the world is going as well um but yeah like it was inevitable it's kind of sad and i think it's going to change the way that movies will be done pretty much i feel like most um big films are going to be done through streaming services which is kind of sad. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, Sky, you worked at a cinema um, for many years. Um, obviously, you've seen this effect firsthand. You don't work one now, but you did when the pandemic had started. Um, what are your thoughts on these big movies that are keep getting delayed? And do you think we're going to get the return of cinemas and these big cinematic experiences? And even, you would, like, I personally, I think that we might with, like, the Endgame and stuff like that level movies, but smaller kind of mid-budget movies. What do you think about this whole situation? Well, I'm definitely hopeful that things will go back to normal, but I just can't really see it happening like it used to be. Like, I am definitely the kind of person that likes the movie experience, like going out and having, like, the day just going to watch a movie instead of just staying at home and watching some. Obviously, that's good for, like, the lower movies, and I think that's um, the most affected kind of movies. The movies with the lower budget, the ones that aren't going to get heard of, I think... Yeah, they won't be put in cinemas anymore unless it's like a huge Marvel thing, which is really sad to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. It is sad. As I'm, I said, I, I, I miss that feeling. Yeah, I'm glad we got those Endgame and Star Wars episode nine experiences yeah. in cinemas. And at least the MCU they had a bit of a break, and it was a bit of an ending anyway. But a lot of these projects, like a Quiet Place and and No Time to Die, they're supposed to come out like in a week or two of them getting delayed originally. And the fact that they've been delayed for what a year, year and a half now, getting up to and yeah, No Time to be, Die is going to be almost two years. Yeah, it's going to be a bit forgotten. People aren't going to care as much as they initially would have. Mm. I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's definitely a, not. It's a troubling sign. Hopefully, we can get back to some sort of normality. Yeah. Soon. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah, all right. Well, that was our second story. The third story is an Australian-centric story, one that you're very excited about, Noletta. It's that Star Plus, um, a new feature on Disney Plus is coming to a lot of countries. In Australia, it will launch in February 23rd, and it's set to include all the Fox properties of the Disney Fox merger, including MA and R-rated content for the first time on Disney Plus, with properties such as Deadpool, Logan, Die Hard franchise, the Alien franchise, the Predator franchise, all being available, as well as TV shows like Family Guy, Grey's Anatomy, um, and new projects like the Love Simon spin-off. So what do you think of these? this news, Disney Plus launching? It also is mandatory if you do sign up Disney Plus, it will be $13 for the whole experience. If you are currently a subscriber, those changes won't come effect, into effect for six months um, it'll stay at eight bucks until August this year. What are your thoughts on uh, Disney Plus experience? I am just so excited. And I think this is the obvious way, like the next route for Disney to go. They had to do something where they could have more mature content in it. It was the only way they were sort of going to expand on their, like their streaming service. Otherwise they can't really compete with Netflix, to be honest, in that time, like kind of thing, because they have a very niche market yes they've got the like moment. the star wars and the marvel shows coming but yeah they definitely needed some more mature yeah content without a doubt it's also a good platform for stuff that might not regularly get picked up on disney plus like tv yeah. shows and a lot of new projects like for example the lizzie mcguire project hillary duff had it problems with disney over the fact that she wanted it to be a more mature show they didn't um so the, sh- the project ultimately got scrapped but that could be a perfect home for something uh, like lizzie i McGuire. really hope they bring it back for for this platform like it, it, so many people want to watch it, it had yep. the it had the fan base yes. there and you just kind of i was even excited yeah and, you know, it was more my sister's thing but i love the love the movie when it came out and i'd, I'd, I'd re-watch a remake sky what are your opinions on disney plus expanding i know that uh 
I don't know if you're the most regular user of Disney Plus at the moment because they've obviously got a lot of Disney movies and stuff, but how does them branching out appeal to you? Yeah, so I really don't use Disney Plus all that much. Like, I do like the animated movies, but we mostly have them on, like, DVD and stuff, like, the ones I like. Um, But because they are expanding, I think I'd utilise it a bit more in terms of, like, the variety of stuff they've had, they would have. And, yeah, probably in the TV show section as well like that's what would draw me to getting it yeah, yeah. so you're probably like the perfect audience yeah for definitely this, yeah like star plus because yeah. you don't really use it for other things yeah. all right so moving on to our next story and that's this is one that nolet is going to be very excited about we're big both big uh harry potter fans um Noletta loves the franchise and uh hbo have just announced recently that in early development is a harry potter TV show based in the Harry Potter universe, and this is something that I've been calling on personally for a long time. Though, and I, I love the idea of HBO uh, show set in the Harry Potter universe for resolving around Hogwarts. What are you? Are you excited about this project? Uh, what do you think? I'm so excited for this. I probably haven't been as excited about a TV show since Game of Thrones, to be honest. This, like, I just feel they could do so much with a Harry Potter TV show. Obviously, the movies, like, they're still pretty iconic. People still watch them. Um, they've still like they have pretty great actors playing the parts um, but there's a lot of content missing from the books that really would have helped to sort of expand the world and like some things were missing that kind of explained parts as well that like we're lacking in the movie but yeah so I'm just so excited to see like them just sort of I don't know find like maybe follow like side characters that are introduced that you don't really get to know in the movies or in the show like or in the books I mean or no well they will yeah like so, that sort of thing I just think it'd be so good I've been very excited to see more projects set in Hogwarts we've got the PS4 and Xbox and PS5 game I think yeah. coming out next year called Hogwarts Legacy this is a show I've wanted for a long time I want to see more Hogwarts I want to see more auras stuff like that and I think the, the way that Fantastic Beasts has done it. It's not been the right approach. Crimes no. of Grindelwald, uh, whether you like the franchise or not, was a mess of a movie, an absolute mess. And I think part of the problem was they're trying to connect everything to the Harry Potter franchise in terms of the Dumbledore and Grindelwald War, inst- uh, Grindelwald War instead of yeah. um, making it their own thing. And this is something that I'd like to see from the own show. I don't need references to Harry Potter. I want an original concept set in this huge world, this great world that J.K. Rowling created. Yeah. I want to see... Uh, different stories in I don't necessarily need to say everything connected to Harry Potter yeah so. it'll be interesting to see what they do whether they do follow yes. Harry or if they're going to go yeah, different round. do you reckon yeah. they can get the, the cast back I don't know it's, it's, it's going to be an interesting mm. Sky um, you're uh, a Harry Potter fan as well what do you think of this news honestly I don't think it's too necessary in my opinion just because I watch like the Harry Potter series because of the already established characters like I love those characters so much that it's kind of all wrapped up for me. But also I haven't read the books, so if I read the books and knew a little bit more about the world and the universe they're creating, I might be a little bit more interested. But I never got into like Fantastic Beasts or anything like that just because I'm so like fond of the characters that are already established. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. (laughs) Yeah. So it's probably a few years away. It's in as I said very early development. So probably looking at twenty three, twenty four probably for this Mm. for this one. Um just awesome. in time for if I ever have kids for them to fall in love with Harry Potter with me. <laughs> All right, uh, which leads us to our last story of the fortnight. Uh, it's a, le- a little bit of a less serious one. Um, it's just very, very interesting. I think it's a bad decision all around. And that is uh, the fact that 
some of these companies that have uh, commercial licenses to promote their products with the new James Bond movie, No Time to Die, um, have basically forced them to have reshoots to update the data technology, like Nokia, for example, their phone is now two years old it's in the movie, so they're going to reshoot a bunch of scenes to get new scenes. I know they've got deals with Aston Martin and stuff. I don't know if the cars and stuff are going to be replaced. No, letter. this seems very ridiculous and very unnecessary to spend millions of dollars on reshoots for a movie that's been filmed for two years uh, just to add some new technology. What do you think of this It's the most stupid thing that has ever happened in a movie. <laughs> like, like, honestly, I just don't get it. When people watch this in 10 years' time or whatever, look back, have a rewatch of a James Bond movie, they're not going to care about the outdated, yeah. like, f- phones. Like, yeah. no one cares about that. The- this is just <laughs> Nokia being money-hungry, exactly. basically. Yes. And yeah. it's, oh, that's it's just ridiculous. Yeah, well, unfortunately, they send out this power or they're, or yeah. they're getting forced to reshoot Well, they're probably scenes, giving them is... lots of money and when the film industry is kind of dying yeah. at the moment they probably want to take all the money they can get but Sky yeah. your opinions on this I think it's stupid like this is the dumbest <laughs> thing I've honestly ever heard <laughs> I don't know what they're thinking but that's I don't how much is this going to cost friggin 20 to 30 million dollars uh, uh, who knows especially if they get joke. Daniel Craig and stuff that's... they could just use CGI I guess to make it cheaper I hope or Daniel Craig asks them for lots more money just to do these reshoots just to it's two years since you filmed the movie I don't know what's going to happen with this but uh, yeah those were our top five news stories? stories of the week that is yep. top five no letter you discussed it earlier it's this week's topic yeah, so this week we are looking at romance films in honor of Valentine's Day. And honest, we've sort of done a very broad look at romance films. Yeah, I think it's definitely going to be a topic that we revisit in the yeah. future, but we're going to define it more. I thought that uh, for us, for it would be a very good starting point just to have our, our 10 favorite romance. Yeah, the ones yeah that we sort of like each person's personal perspective, like what romance is. How do yeah. you guys go developing this list? Struggled uh, so bad. It was very <laughs> difficult. Um, basically, the way I did it was I wrote down sort of all the movies that I've watched multiple times and happy to go back and revisit every year, and then I sort of cut it down from there. But it is just... I'd have been a list of 30 or 40, and I really struggled. I actually excluded, I don't know if you guys did or not, but I actually excluded all uh, animated films from mine. Um, so... It's, uh, for me, I think you can just, they're fantastic romance and animated movies, but I feel like you just create a whole animated romance list yeah, if you want to. I had lot. to have one animated film you in had there. To have, I yeah. had to have one. Fair enough. Scott, what, how did you go? Did you? I just feel so bad for the ones I had to cut out because I honestly love them all so much, but I just kind of did the ones that like affected me the most, the ones that I'm most invested in. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so the way we are doing it, we are going to give you all our top 10. Uh, first up, we're going to, the three of us are going to go through 10, 9, and 8. Then we're going to go to 7, 6, then 5 and 4, then 3 and 1, and then 3 and 2, sorry, and then number 1. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty excited to see what everyone's got. Let's get to it, guys. Let's start our romance countdown. Okay, so let's get started with our 10 most favorite romance movies. Um, so the way this is going to work, we're going to speak, well, we're going to talk about our 10th, 9th, and 8th favorite movies first, then go on to 7 and 6, then 5 and 4, 3 and 2, and then leave number 1 for last. 
Uh, so, Westy, let's get started with you. What is your number 10 favourite romance movie? So, at my number 10, uh, this one was a very tough 10 to pick. I had nine movies that I knew were going to be on this list, and then the 10th one was something that I really had to think about and had to structure this list. There was a lot of honourable mentions that I want to get to at the end. But my number 10 is a film. I believe it was in 2004 it was released. It is Suddenly 30 in Australia, also known as 13 going on 30 overseas. Okay, wow. I definitely have a higher. Okay, really? we'll yeah. talk about it when we get there. All right. <laughs> I was no. not expecting that to be on your list. I'm sorry. <laughs> fantastic. We'll talk about it when we get there. You don't yep, know okay. as well as you think you do. All right. No, apparently not. Okay, then. We'll move on to Sky's. No, we'll move, we'll move on to my nine. Oh. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So it's all right. We'll move on to my nine and... Uh, because we're going to do our 10 to 8. And That's right. Got a little bit confused <sighs> early yep. in the morning as we were recording this. <laughs> All right. My number nine is a film that I think uh, has been overlooked since its release in 2017. I think it was one of the most underrated movies of that year. I think Sky knows where I'm getting at here. It is one of my favourite movies in general. I put it down at knife because I think that there's movies that stronger romances. But one of my favourite movies, The Big Sick. Okay. Yep. Yes. It's not on my list. It's also not on my list. This guy's got different opinions of this film. But uh, for me, this movie is uh, is fantastic. I mean, great performances across the board. It tells this true story of uh, Camille Nagini and his, uh, his now-wife, Emily, as they met. And it tells you how they got in the position they got, got to in Hollywood. Um, basically, he was a comedian slash a taxi driver that met Emily. They fell in love. They had a big argument. And then... Straight after that, the argument, which makes Emily hate Camille, she ends up in a coma, fighting for her life, uh, introducing her parents coming to it, played by Ray Romano and Holly Hunter. And it basically has Camille not giving up on her and hoping that she can come back to life and relive her life. But the interesting thing is, will she wake up? And if she wakes up, how is she going to, how is she going to react to Camille looking after her, considering that, when she went in this coma, they had a big fallout and she hated Camille at the time. So it definitely is a dramatic romance movie. There's a lot of comedy to it. Uh, and it's really the breakout role of Camille Nagini. He's fantastic in the movie. It's it's just a great film. It's a great love story. And the thing is, you really don't know where this movie is going until you get to the end. You, you could take so many different turns. And uh, it's just that it, it's an emotional roller coaster from the beginning to end. The Big Seek is my number nine. What do you guys think about it? Um, well, I'm not surprised that it's on your list, to be honest. I know how much you enjoy this film. Um, you're the whole reason why I watch this movie. Uh, so, me too. Yeah. <laughs> um, in terms of where it sits in romance films, I think there are definitely better romance movies, but it is good. Um, I like Camille is just absolutely incredible in the movie, and it's no wonder that he has become such a big star now. So... I think he deserves all the recognition that he gets for that movie. Yeah. Sky, what did you think? Um, I think it's fine, but it's just not one of my favourites. Like, I can think of so many um, more romance movies that are better, in my opinion. Um, and I just don't think their chemistry does it for me as much as a lot of other actors together. So this is where I disagree, because I think Camille Nagini, who plays himself, and Zoe Kazan, who plays Emily... Have a great back and forth. And I actually wish I'd see Zoe Kazan in more roles. She hasn't really been in much since this movie came out, apart from maybe a segment of uh, The Battle of Buster Scrubs, which I'm not a big fan of that movie. But I think that uh, really emotional weight, apart from those two in this film, is 
Holly Hunt and Ray Romano. And I think Holly Hunter yeah. definitely could have been in consideration for awards for this film. I mean, she's absolutely outstanding. Could be a uh, career best performance from Holly Hunter in this film. So I, I just love the chemistry. I love the different cultures, the different backgrounds that these two families come from and to meet up with a common cause of looking after this young girl that's been in a, in a coma, this young woman, and uh, trying to keep the positivity in, in seemingly an impossible situation. I think it's it's a heart jerker, and I reckon it's a, it's a definitely deserves to be on my list, but obviously I, you guys got to do I also think that the parents are like the strongest part of the movie. Like, yeah, that's the most enjoyable part for me. But Fantastic. And I also like the fact that he doesn't give up on her and he keeps trying, but I just think it was a bit of a miss with me. Personally, yeah. that's, that's it. Not, not every movie's for everyone, that's for sure. No. All right, that was my number nine, The Big Sick. Moving on to my number eight, and it's a, another one of my favourite movies of all time. The reason it's this low at eighth is because, I, again, I think there's superior romance movies, but I absolutely adore this movie. It is Groundhog Day. Okay, yep. Yes. Not on my list. Yep, also not on my list. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, Groundhog Day, uh, definitely, you most likely heard of it. stars Bill Murray. It's one of the best... Comedy films of all time. Uh, Murray plays Phil Connors, a cynical television weatherman covering the annual Groundhog Day uh, ceremony in Puxatawney, Pennsylvania. And he becomes trapped in a time loop where he basically has to relive February 2nd over and over again. The romance aspect of this film comes with his relationship with Andy McDowell, who's the news rep- also a news reporter. Uh, they have a back and forth chemistry but she basically thinks he's a goofball and basically thinks that he's got a negative kind of attitude towards life. He's always a glass half filled kind of person. During the course of the movie, you see he tries to get out of the situation a, a number of ways. He tries to kill himself. He goes crazy. He does whatever he wants, basically, but he realizes that doesn't, that doesn't work and he tries to keep going, doing un, you know unwanted advances at Rita, who pretty much rejects him time and time again. But the key to this movie and the, the way that Phil Connors gets out of this situation is basically he pretty much helps out the, the whole town and basically becomes a good person by stuck in this time loop movie, uh, this time loop situation, and gets to know Rita and he gets to a conclusion at the end of the movie, spoiler alert, spoilers for this whole list, um, that he doesn't care if he gets out of this time loop as long as he's his Rita because he's found out everything there is about it. He's become a better person. Uh, and really, it's just a heartwarming movie. Uh, fantastic back and forth chemistry between Andy McDowell and Bill Murray. And you might not think of it automatically when you think about romance films, but the key, the heart of the movie is romance. And the whole reason he gets out of the time loop is the romance aspect. And obviously, this, it really started, kicks out of this genre of kind of time loop movies. So, uh, what do you guys think of Grandpa Day? Um, well, I've got to be honest, I think I've only ever seen it once, and it was years ago. So, I can't, I don't really have much opinions about it it definitely doesn't come to me as a romance movie but i mean that's because i haven't watched it in years yes, so. yes. well it's, de- it's generally known as a comedy but the romance is the is really the driving force of the film so yeah uh, again you might not think of it necessarily when you think of romance but it's it's definitely a romance movie as well so yeah i've seen it and i'm not a fan (laughs) just because i'm not a fan of time loop movies in general i really like the um concept of groundhog day but i just find it too repetitive that i get bored yeah just because it's the same day over and over again and i just can't it just i'm not engaged by it i'm sorry you can definitely tell we're siblings because it's one of my favorite movies ever so uh obviously sky doesn't like it of course he doesn't it's one of my favorite movies of all time um but yeah groundhog day was my number eight all right moving on to sky's list sky what do you have at number 10 
My number 10 is 10 Things I Hate About You. See what I did there with the 10? <laughs> oh, look at that. It's not on my list, but oh it was so close to being on my list. Also, not on my list, but a great film. It is a great film. And you film. were represented yeah. by you, so I left it off. Yeah. All. Well, it was like my favourite movie for like the last, like my whole high school. I used to watch it like every single day, completely obsessed with it. But it's still one of my favourites. It's just a few things have overtaken it. But it's just Patrick Verona played by Heath Ledger's everything. I think he makes the whole movie. His charm in that is just so good. And, like, you can't help but like him, even though in a lot of scenes he's, like, not the nicest guy. But their chemistry as well, just the iconic scenes with the I love you baby grand gesture, that is the most iconic thing I've ever seen. And just them playing paintball is so lovely. And the soundtrack just ties the whole movie together. I just, I have nothing bad to say about the movie. Yeah. I absolutely love it. I think it's a great movie as well. I, and I, well, like, I kind of... Right <laughs> it was, me it was so close to being in my top ten as well. Um, but, yeah, and not even only just, like, Julia Stiles and Heath Ledger, but Joseph, Joseph Gordon-Levitt yeah. and... Him and Bianca's story. Yeah, yeah. like, I think even their story the is really thing. cute. Um, the dad is a great character. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's just so many great things about this movie. It's uh, him, yeah, like Heath Ledger singing and, and yeah, dancing in the, the bleachers the is just yeah, I amazing. Think. I think it's a great legacy for Heath Ledger as well to be part of that film. I also think it shaped a lot of other like teenage romance movies for yep, sure. Definitely. When I look at the back of this movie, I think that it's definitely 90s in its presentation. Obviously, it came yeah. out the late 90s. It's very 90s, but I think the heart of the movie... The relationship between Julia Stiles and Heath Ledger's character is fantastic. As you said, that that scene where he sings "I Love You, Baby," one of the most iconic romance film scenes ever, yeah. uh, without a doubt. And again, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, great supporting performance. The dad's really good. I just think it's a heartwarming tale. It's definitely a story of two people that you kind of, when you first see them, wouldn't picture them together. Uh, it's definitely two opposite people. Yeah, a bit they, unconventional. Yes, first. Yeah. and they come together, and this is really a. When I look back at this movie, I really think that it's an acting showcase for Heath Ledger. And really showed the world what he was capable of, and definitely. it's a fantastic chemistry between the two the two leads. Definitely, so yeah. big yep. fan of this film. Well, great number ten. So, what's your number nine? She already likes your list better than my first three. <laughs> well, my number nine is the classic one, Harry Met Sally. That is. Not- on my list. That is higher on my list. Let's I knew it was oh, yeah, yeah, yes. Not on your list. What, no, what are you doing I over know. there? All right, moving on to your number eight. <laughs> so my number eight is Serendipity. Oh, gosh, I love this movie. It's not on my list. I feel like it's not represented enough. This, oh, I know. I've watched this again recently, actually. That's this so was my number ten until oh about an hour God. before the start oh of the God, show. I really and I thought to, it was going to be. I had to take it out. I watched it for the first time about a week and a half ago, and I loved the film. Wow. So, yeah, well, let's let's discuss it. What do you think, Sky? Well, I haven't seen it in a while, which really makes me sad. I just haven't had the time. <laughs> but it's just, oh my, it just makes you believe in love watching it. Like, the whole destiny and fate thing, it just, like, I've never... It, like, blew my mind when I watched it, especially the opening. And just the fact that um, they kept getting, like, torn apart with all these different partners and how their life, like, goes on in different directions and they still, like, end up together. Fate brings them together with the book and the um, dollar bill. It's just, I love the concept and it's, like, nothing like I've ever seen before as well. It's just so unique to me. Yeah, I I love this movie. I think it's so beautiful and it just gets me right in the feels. I know. Just the chemistry between John Cusack and... Kate Beckinsale, Beckinsale. Yeah. like oh it's just so 
Well, I watched this. I started this movie at about twelve thirty at night, and I was like, I watched half an hour. I'll go to sleep. I'll put this back on, and I'll finish it tomorrow. And I watched the whole movie, so I was up to about you know two thirty in the morning watching this thing uh, about a week ago. But I absolutely love the film. I think John Cusack's always been uh, a favorite actor of mine. I reckon he's fantastic, especially in films like Gross Point Blank. I reckon his his humor is is great and. Kate Beckinsale, I think she's fantastic in this film. The chemistry is amazing. I love the start. I'm a person of, of faith and fate. Um, so this movie definitely drew towards me. The start when they meet at the at the buying the buying the scarf, was it? Yeah, uh, yeah. Fantastic. And then they had the coffee and they do the whole elevator scene and I'll put my you know my signature in a book and you put your, 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 your my signature and my phone number in a book. You put your your phone number on a on a five dollar bill and we'll see if it gets back to us. And then when they eventually are happy and they wonder what could be with their initial partners they realize they're not really happy and they they yeah. search for each other it's a great story and the chemistry is unbelievable and really the only reason this isn't in my 10 is probably because i've only seen it once so but yeah. but it was really it was really it's definitely my number 11 it was really in contention to be 10 i reckon it's a fantastic film i think if you don't believe everything happened for a reason watching that movie will yeah, really, really open yeah. your eyes it was just so nice i agree yeah it it kind of it kind of has similar vibes in that sense to the couple of movies that kind of reminds me of. I mean, Sliding Doors with Gwyneth Paltrow is definitely a movie when it comes to fate and what could be. And I feel like this movie definitely took elements from when Harry, I don't want Harry Sally, sorry, Sleepless in Seattle, yeah. in the fact that they're apart for most of the movie, they come together. Um, I it think also it, really reminds me of The Lake House. I don't know if either yeah, of you have seen that, I've but seen it's that. definitely the same vibe, and I'm really sad I couldn't put that one in my yeah. list as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was your 10 to 8, Sky. No letter, let's move on to you. What is your number 10? Okay, I have a feeling that this may be higher on your list, but my number 10 is You've Got Mail. That is higher on my list. Yep, I thought so. I don't have that one on my list, but I thought <sighs> you You guys did. are just ruining yeah. the classics on how some Okay, I'll move on to my number nine then. Um, so this is the only animated film that I have on my list, and it is Tangled. Not the uh, animated movie I thought you were going towards. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have so much love for Tangled. This is like not only one of my favorite animated films, it's one of my favorite movies just in general. I think you'd probably say that about all three of us. It's definitely <laughs> one of our favorites. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, you probably all know the story of Tangled, and if you haven't, you need to go out and watch that movie because it is great. But basically, it follows the story of Rapunzel, written, I think, by Brothers Grimm back in the day. Um, and it follows, so Rapunzel is a lost princess who's locked in a tower and uh, she meets Flynn Rider and she forces him to take her out of her tower and to the city of Corona where they have a beautiful day together. And I mean, it's worth watching alone just for the scene where they are out on the water the and lanterns. all the lanterns oh come out. Fantastic song. I see That's the light. and Oh, it's just such a beautiful movie. Like, as much as you can get chemistry between cartoon characters, like, they just have it. Yeah, if you're, def- if you're putting an animated couple on the list, it's definitely these two. Yep. I disagree. Uh, I think serious? I'd put probably Belle and the Beast before no. I put these two no. on the list for romance. No. But... Um, yeah, I, I mean, I love this film. It's the it's the 50th, it was the 50th Disney animated film, and I think that Mandy Morn and Zachary Levi's chemistry in this movie as the two leads are fantastic. 
A fantastic, as I said a fortnight ago on the podcast when we're going for a 2020 on most anticipated when I went to the Disney section, I said that I think that Disney Animation Studio, they had a renaissance in the 90s and then the mid-2000s, they kind of went through a dull period where they didn't make the best films and I think this is really the movie that paved the way for films like Frozen and, and Wreck-It Re-Up and Big yeah. Hero 6 and really got Disney back into the mainstream. It's a fantastic film. Um, songs are fantastic. Yeah. Or... Uh, when will my life begin? Is a great song. The whole, the whole movie is just yeah. a, it's a it's a Disney masterpiece, and it definitely it's definitely great romance. As I said, I excluded all animated movies just because I think you can make ten animated movies. You can make an animated romance movie list. Probably, easily. but yeah. this had to be in mine. I just had to have it in there. Like this is the movie I wa- I put on when I'm not feeling well, and I just want to watch something that makes me all warm yeah, and fuzzy and happy. Yeah, Flynn Rider is just amazing. Yeah, and I like that they both bring each other something. He pretends he's all tough and stuff, but yeah. she brings his, like, real self out. And he's just showing her the world and stuff. It's just so nice. Yeah. And it also spanned a really cute little TV show that's oh, on yeah. Disney yeah. Plus at the moment. Yeah. And I absolutely love it. Oh, so. obsessed with this weird <laughs> animation TV show. It's... It's just really cute. It's just more of in the life of Flynn Rider and, well, Eugene and Rapunzel. And it's yeah. just so adorable. I think she even played Kingdom Hearts free the video game just to play the Tangle World apart yeah, from Yeah, I so, pretty yeah. much did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that is my number nine. So moving on to my number eight. Um, my number eight. So this sort of, I've tossed and turned a few different movies in this spot but um i ended up going with four weddings and a funeral is that on either of on on your list list? i haven't seen seen the film so i was tossing up between this and bridget jones diary (gasps) but i went with four weddings and a funeral which which are both not movie i haven't seen which are both written by richard curtis who has also done stuff like love actually about time um i think one of his more recent ones is yesterday which are all great, and obviously he's just a great romance writer. All of them are just incredible. Um, But Four Weddings and a Funeral, so this follows um, the life of Charles and his group of friends. Um, Charles is played by Hugh Grant, which, I mean, is pretty much a staple in a lot of 90s British rom-coms. Um, He he meets Annie McDowell's character, her second appearance on this list, by the way. Yeah, yeah, it is. He's top. Um, and they sort of have this, I guess, like off, on again, off again, sort of chemistry between each other. She's sort of dating someone else and he starts like doubting love and... And obviously there's four weddings and a funeral throughout the movie. Never would have guessed that, but... <laughs> but, um... There's, like, I don't know, just the different types of love that it has throughout this movie. That's the whole reason why it's on my list. Um, you've sort of got... You've got a, a gay couple, which um, I guess wasn't very big. Well, this was back 1994. In, yeah, so 1994. So um, it kind of paved the way for that kind of love as well, which was really cute. Um, and I don't know, it just makes me sort of feel a bit bit happy watching it like it's just really lovely and also the song um by wet 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 love is all around yes. that is such a Fantastic massive song. song now as well from 
from this movie pretty much yeah i agree it's really just a comfort movie like feel good and i think hugh grant's so good in it i love hugh grant and everything though so i'm a bit biased but also andy mcdowell like it's just really nice i haven't seen it in a while i should rewatch it but i do remember like really liking it It just didn't make it well for me i definitely got gaps in my there's definitely gaps in my romance category this one might be one of the biggest because it was a box office smash when it came out it's a very huge movie huge movie that and Pretty Woman Uh, I can't believe I haven't seen Pretty Woman so I tried to see it this week and I didn't get around to it I love Julia Roberts and I haven't seen that film so they're probably two of the biggest gaps that I've got in my romance movies so um, I definitely want to check it out though it's definitely one that I'll add to my list to watch definitely I find that 80s and 90s romance movies definitely have a different tone that you don't so much get anymore. Yeah. That's why it feels good to watch them. Yeah. Yeah, there's something about them. They're just special. Yeah, yeah. Um, But the thing about this one as well, like it's uh, it has the comedy in it, but there's also the drama element as well. Yeah, it does get serious. Yeah. So that is our 10 to 8. Uh, We will now move on to our 7 to 6. All right, my number seven, let's get straight back into it. My number seven is a film that, in my opinion, really, when you think of romance, you don't think of better chemistry than these two. It's a classic love story. It's not, a, it's not necessarily a romance movie, but this movie, wow. Well, yeah. It's 1992, I believe, yes, November 1992's The Bodyguard. Okay. I don't have it on my list, but Stephen is constantly talking about it every single day since we watched it. What? I, I don't actually think I've seen it, to really? be honest. Yeah. You do not get chemistry better than Kevin Costner and Whitney Houston. <laughs> Kevin Costner is one of the best actors of all time. You're adding in Whitney Houston. The plot basically is a former Secret Service agent turned bodyguard is hired to protect a music superstar from an unknown stalker. And the bond that these two make throughout the film is... It's iconic, to put it simply. I mean, you've got the end scene of this movie, spoiler alert, as one of the most iconic music videos and music, uh, music uh, songs of all time, and it has one of the most iconic music videos of all time, I Always Love You, and it's definitely a, uh, a story of two, a, yet again, two people that come together that are complete opposites. Kevin Costner's yeah. definitely led a life where he, you know, is... He's a very serious man, very serious protector. Whitney Houston is the is the singer that she's very arrogant. She doesn't need any help from anyone, and um, she she refuses. There's a murderer after her and trying to kill her, and she uh, she refuses to go along with anything Kevin Costner wants to wants to do to protect her. And it's just they form an un an unlikely bond, and it's just uh, mate. It, Pretty much, it's fantastic. It yeah. makes me, it Kevin almost makes me tear up because yeah. the movie is so good. And you have that boat scene where yeah, they're the trying to, oh, the boat scene. The like, oh, it's the most iconic thing I've ever seen. No, that is good. What a film, The Bodyguard. But yeah, Kevin Costner's so good in it. Like, And it's just, I don't know, she kind of annoys me. Like, I know it's her character because she's such a bitch to him when he's literally trying to save her life. And she just wants to sing and keep doing what she normally does when she literally has a murder after. Like, I find her a little bit <laughs> unlikable, but, like, it gets better as the movie oh, goes on. I tell you, it's a good thing I didn't talk about this movie before you start the podcast. It would have been my number one, because this movie, oh, let me yeah, tell you, actually, what, a, what a feel. You're getting it really into it. Yeah, this film. Yeah, you're not it's really bored in it either, because no. it's broken up by, like, the little action parts yeah. as well. Great performances, <laughs> other than I Will Always Love You, but when he used to get... Um, I have nothing, yeah. and uh, there's another song that she sings in the movie too. What is that other film? Uh, that was a uh, run to you as well, which is yeah. a big, a big film. Uh, this movie got panned by critics, and I don't know what they were thinking. Really? Yeah, I don't know what they were thinking. It went well at the box office, but this movie is 
it's fantastic. Yeah, it's Whitney not my Houston's favorite. Great. Like, Kim you Wilson's definitely great. like it a lot more than me, but I don't see why it would get, like, bad reviews. It's very broken up. Like, there's romance, action, and, like, the whole singing and music. There's something kind of, for everybody in this Yeah, film. there really yeah. is. It's good. It's I think you'd love variety. it more yeah, I probably would. But the thing is, I already know so much about it, which is why I've never sort of gone out of my way to watch it. But I'll get there one day. I'll watch it. You really talked it up, so I, I feel did. like I have to watch it now. Number seven was The Bodyguard. <laughs> All right, moving on to number six. And this is the movie I kicked out uh, Serendipity for, and it's a movie that I considered, is this a romance movie? And I went through an internal battle. My brother insisted it was. It's one of his favourite movies of all time. And I've decided to put it in reluctantly. I've, I've got it there. Uh, because I think that the romance is a very big feature of the film. I know what this is. And it is no, The Princess Bride. Oh, okay. Yes. It's higher on my list. It's higher on your list. Yeah. Oh, so she obviously thinks it's a romance I movie. I think it is. 100% no, I a romance movie. Romance, you know, I just yes. see it more as an adventure That's movie. That's what yeah. I was debating. <laughs> yeah, no, it's but... 100% a romance movie. <laughs> All right, sweet. We went through an eternal battle deciding. No, 100%. It's the whole premise of the movie. It's the premise, but... It's we'll get to that. We'll yeah. get we'll yeah. talk about it when we get yeah. to it. Alright, so number seven was the bodyguard, number six was the princess bride. Uh, so Sky, what, what is it? your number seven? So my seven is La La Land. That's why I'm on my list. It's not on my list. Oh my god, I thought it would be for sure. Mm. Okay. No, letters you got a list that I just don't agree with. Alright, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Next <laughs> number six. Alright, so my number six is the Great Gatsby, and I know a lot of people are going to say it's not really a romance. Which let me stop you right one? there. It's horror models. Oh my god! The Leonardo DiCaprio yes, one. Yeah. Great Gatsby horror models. It's not a mine, but I love the Great Gatsby. All right, Sky, you were quick on your yeah. um, segment. <laughs> well, right, okay, on we will move on to my number seven. Um, okay, <laughs> this is a movie that I don't even know if you guys have even watched. It's gonna. It's a pretty relatively unknown movie um and it's called stuck in love i've never i've heard of it who's in it um it has a really great cast actually so um first off it's directed by josh boone who directed the fault in our stars um and the new mutants as well Anyway, so the cast in this, so basically it follows um, the Borgans family. Um, it has Greg Kinnear as the dad, Jennifer Connelly as the mum, um, Nat Wolf as the son, Lily Collins as the daughter. That's how I know it because Lily Collins is amazing and everything and it's on my Yeah, yeah I want to watch it. Um, the love interest of Lily Collins is Logan Lerman. Um, the love interest of Nat Wolf uh, is Liana Liberato, I think her name is. Um, but basically, this family, so it sort of follows um, Greg, it mostly follows Greg Kinnear's character, Nat Wolf, and Lily Collins, the three of them. Um, so the dad and the mum have just sort of separated. She's seeing someone else, but he's just absolutely determined to get her back. Um, the, the son. He wants to be a writer, but his dad keeps telling him that he needs to live more experiences before his writing can go anywhere. So he is determined to find a romance so that he can sort of write about that and finds Liana Liberato's character, Kate, who is sort of going through a rough stage of her life, um, doing a lot of drugs, stuff like that. Um, Lily Collins is very cynical about love, um, mostly because she's seen sort of what her parents have gone through. So she just thinks that 
love is stupid, that she'll never find it. And then, of course, meets Logan Lerman, who is Lewis. And they sort of start to hit it off, which she tries to deny that they are falling in through this. But the whole theme throughout it is that they are all writers and they all have their own sort of views on the way that love sort of works, I guess. So it's um, like three different perspectives. Yeah, yeah, three different perspectives and they sort of intermingle in the way that they sort of all come together at the end. But it's just, it's such an underrated film and it's just so well done um, the writing is incredible. The the acting is incredible. Like, oh, honestly, if you haven't watched it, like, just give it a go. And yeah, I've been meaning to because I've never seen Lily Collins in anything, but I'm literally yeah. obsessed with her. She's one of my favourite actresses. Is Logan Lerman the guy from Perks Being Maze, All Well? Maze Runner yeah. as well? Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. No, not no. Maze Runner. From no. um, Percy Jackson. Percy Jackson, sorry. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. Percy Jackson. <laughs> uh, yeah, it seems it's a very interesting choice. I mean, I just looked it up and it's uh i don't know if i'm talking to matthew pond or or no letter right now because it's definitely an independent film and yeah it, it didn't even it like it made not even a million at the box office no. so it's very it's a movie that hasn't been really seen very widely so i might have to check it out i mean yeah you sold it, it pretty well so yeah, yeah. yeah I, it's a very interesting the story. only reason yeah. why i found it was because obviously i went through a stage where i was obsessed with the fold now stars and then so i looked up what else other films he had done and then found this and then ended up falling in love with this movie so but yeah definitely check it out it's a very cute little romance movie yeah okay my number six um this is oh man i nearly put this higher i absolutely love this movie and it is call me by your name i know you haven't seen it i've seen it it's not on my list yeah um so this stars timothy chalamet and Army Hammer, which let's not go, let's not go there. So <laughs> <laughs> I looked up what I was saying a couple of weeks ago. Um, it's based on a book by Andre Asiman, if I'm saying his name right. Um, I've read the book as well, which I read after I watched the movie because I was so obsessed with the movie. Um, basically, it's a it's set in the '80s and it's about this. American, played by Army Hammer, whose name is Oliver, comes to this Italian estate where Elio is living there and he starts to form this sort of infatuation with Oliver and they don't really understand what's happening. Um, Neither of them had sort of been with guys before, so they don't really understand what the attraction is. Um... Basically, it's just a beautiful love story, really. Um, and it kind of has a very heartbreaking ending to the film. the The book makes it sort of seem a bit more, a bit more hopeful. But um, they just sort of, I don't know, have this kind of whirlwind romance because Oliver's only there for the summer and then has to leave and go back home to get married to a woman. So. It's a bit heartbreaking. Yeah, but when it's I watched beautiful. it, I, I only watched it because Timothy Chalamet was in it. Yeah, and I love him. But <laughs> I wasn't the biggest fan of it. It's just not like anything I've seen before. Yeah, it's very different. But, but I mean, it is a sort of Oscar kind of yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, that's well, the kind but... of vibe. And I'm usually not so much into that as other movies. But the ending scene, yeah, that's really good. Like you really feel yeah, a lot. It's actually really pain. sad. Yeah, oh. but I think that's definitely yeah. That scene's really what stuck with me from the movie. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it's uh, 
as you guys said, it's kind of an Oscar bank movie. And obviously, it was a very successful film when it came out. I, it's definitely one of those movies when I'm when I look at. So this would be this would have been a movie that I would have considered watching for for the Oscars. And when I look at the the Oscar films, it's de- there's definitely something that you know has to draw me in. And uh, and as I said, this movie's got a lot of awards. As if I'm sure Timothy it's a, Chalamet doesn't draw you. I don't care about Timothy <laughs> Chalamet or Arnie, um, but it definitely got. A, a lot of buzz, a lot of critical reception. Um, it's one that I may watch because Noelle talks about it every time I see her, so that might convince <laughs> me to uh, to eventually get there and, and, and watch it. It's just um, so beautiful. Yeah, it is nice. I just wish it was a little bit more fast-paced. Yeah, like, it was see, a little slow to me. That doesn't really bother me too yeah. much. I kind of enjoyed watch. Like, I'm very... I don't know. I loved the setting of it, like being in the eighties and the yeah. and the Italian background. Yeah. Like, uh, I didn't I realize it. until you talked about the book that there was actually a more hopeful ending. Because I was yeah. just like, oh my god, when it ended, it just yeah. like, was so. So the book kind of fast forwards to the like a bit more later on, and yeah. where they're a bit older and they meet up again. Oh, okay, yeah. And I didn't get that vibe from was, watching the movie. I was yeah, just like, it's no. Done. It's sad. Like, yeah. <laughs> but which is kind of cute. Yeah. But yeah. That's very nice. So yeah, that was our all of our number seven to number six. So we will move on to our number five and number four movies. We're getting into the big guns now. Getting serious. Ooh. All right, we're into the top five now, and my number five is, without a doubt, one of the most iconic romance movies of all time. The nineteen eighty nine fantastic film it was on Sky's list at number nine. It's when Harry met Sally, and yeah, it's uh, wasn't on your list, no letter. No. So this movie, uh, it ch- it definitely changed the genre of rom coms forever. There's yeah, no, it definitely paved the path. Definitely. There's, there's no doubt about that. Um, written by Nora Ephron, who's pretty much a genius in terms of romance movies. Uh, her screenplays and her directorial work. This one's directed by Rob Reiner. It stars Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan as Harry and Sally. Uh, and really, it's just a fantastic film. I mean. You go back and you watch it, and so many, so much of the conversations that Harry and Sally have in this film have kind of become into the lexicon when it comes to romance movies. Like, uh, can a, a female and a male be friends without being in a relationship? And then you've got a bunch of, you know, uh, a bunch of relatable quotes. And uh, yeah, this movie, I mean, they go for a period where. You know, they, they meet initially, they go on the road trip together. Yeah. Uh, why? It's over like a, a while, like yeah, a big I think it's like of time. 10 years. years. Yeah. Um, they keep meeting up and they they sometimes are friends, sometimes they're not. But there's always this lingering chemistry. Yeah. And eventually comes comes to the front, the forefront. And uh, yeah, they have fantastic chemistry. It was really the breakout role for Meg Ryan. I know she was in Top Gun, but she wasn't like a I major part of that film. I think it's her prime, film. like that movie, Meg Ryan. It's Meg Ryan at her peak, and Meg Ryan's one of my favourite actresses ever. So, uh, yeah. Billy Crystal's fantastic in this thing. It was really a movie that, for him, he was in movies before this, like The Princess Bride. But for me, this was one that really established that he could be a serious actor. While there's a lot of comedy in this movie, uh, he plays the role to perfection. And it probably, maybe, potentially, out of any romance movie ever, in my opinion, might have the best chemistry out of two. Mm, two it's really ever. good, I, but I don't think. I don't, I don't agree, agree with best. that. Yeah. But I definitely um, like their bickering and arguing throughout the whole movie. It's really good. And the fact that they like sort of hated each other at first. 
and they just keep bumping into each other. They have a relationship. They don't have a relationship. Yeah, yeah, Carrie very... Fisher is fantastic yeah. in her supporting role in this movie. Um, yeah. yeah, and just the ending scene when he's running to her at the New Year's Eve party. He has that and... quote how he just wants to be with her. And it's, yeah, it's, and it's, yeah, it's it's so emotional. And he finally turns up, and she's still arguing and pissed off with him. And then he points out like how it takes her like an hour and a half to like pick what she wants to eat and all the things that someone would usually hate about someone that he loves. Yeah, that's just yeah. so nice. Then you've got obviously the I'll have what she's having and all these iconic quotes. There's so many iconic scenes in this film. It's just, it's a masterpiece in my opinion when it comes to romance. Look, I get why it is so big in like the romance genre. The thing about it personally for me is I've seen it once. I've never had really the inclination to go out and watch it again. I know. I'm <laughs> <Please> sorry. <laughs> the best way side of this podcast. There's just, there's just something about it that doesn't really pull me in and does it like I don't know I don't, I'm sorry I'm really sorry <laughs> I, I like I, I I get that it's a great movie I get that there's so like so many people have it as number one on their romance list because I don't own it's too, so good but... I don't own too many movies on like romance movies on blu-ray or 4k but if I was going to buy one this See, would be I one do. that I'd yeah, buy you that I'd have Christmas one yeah exactly I'd have yeah. this on regular rotation personally I'd yeah, love nah. this film yeah. it's not yeah. Not for me. Very controversial. All right. <laughs> okay, you're let us know. Four. Let us know as well whose opi- whose opinions are right. Oh, who's I know mine's uh, wrong. Just feel free to. <laughs> who's your favourite list out of anyone here? Uh, all right, moving on. Uh, sweet. Uh, at number four, I have a film. Another film that was on Sky's list that we uh, it was higher on her list. Uh, well, lower on lists, but higher on mine. Her number six. My number four, The Great Gatsby, the 2013 film made by Baz Luhrmann, starring. Uh, Tobey Maguire, Leonardo DiCaprio, Kerry Mulligan, uh, Mulligan, sorry, and Joel Edgerton. Um, this movie adapted from the book. It's obviously been adapted multiple times, uh, but it's really a movie. The first time you watch it, and I watched it in cinemas the day it came out, and the cinema was packed back in 2013. Everybody, it was raced, a Boxing Day movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody races out to see a new Leonardo DiCaprio movie kind of when it hits cinemas these days. And this movie, I think I sat in the front row the first time I watched this movie. That's how many people were were excited for this one. It did get mixed. Critical reception, it was all filmed in Australia. Uh, but obviously, yeah, The Great Gatsby is an iconic story, um, obviously starting from the 1925 novel and it's been adapted so many times. What this one stands out for me is that the PRS acting of Leonardo DiCaprio is at the forefront. Tobey Maguire is really the, the heart of this movie and uh, it's definitely a story of, you know, a period of someone's life where they are in a relationship with someone and they have a great time together, then circumstances kind of tear them apart. Uh, Carrie Mulligan and Leonardo DiCaprio's character, uh, Gatsby comes back eventually after he has become successful in life and he throws a bunch of these parties to try to lure her out, kind of, so to speak. It's just really interesting because everyone looks at him like he's some sort of god, he has everything, but once you watch the movie, you realise he actually has nothing. He has nothing, and everything that he is doing is to get her attention even for a second. He eventually gets a date with her, and he panics in that. That is such a good scene. In his house with all the flowers, that's so good. But the style of Baz Luhrmann in this film definitely... um, definitely breaks through and it's a little bit off-putting at first to be honest yeah. especially you've got all the jazz stuff in New Orleans when they travel there to start the movie but once you get into the core of the movie because it is a two and a half hour movie their chemistry is fantastic and to be honest the chemistry between Leonardo DiCaprio and Tom McGuire are probably better than the chemistry between the, the main leads but the romance and the potential of what Leonardo DiCaprio wants but she's got a, a husband it's it creates such a yeah, powerful back and forth just, dynamic I really can't stand the lead 
girl. Like, I just can't. It's just so sad to oh, me. Oh, really? I don't like her. I think she's... The way she treats him just yeah, makes me sad. Yeah, the writing against her and really the fact that he, spoiler he alert, like, takes the blame for the whole car crash yeah. thing as well. Like, I just don't find her likable at all, but, like, I would if they actually ended up together. And yeah. for me, for me, romance movies aren't always the movies that give you the big happy endings at the end. No, and this movie, this not. this ending is yeah. a tragic ending. We're not going to get I into love what happens, that but don't end happy. it's a tragic ending. And it's uh, man, I, I I loved it. I was really engaged the whole movie. That as I said, Baz Luhrmann is a master at directing, and obviously sometimes a little bit off putting, but he's got a very distinct style. And I think that all the vibrant mm-hmm. colors of this film really kind of reach out and grab you and the performances are fantastic anything that Leonardo DiCaprio is in you know you're going to get a pair of us with horns just with the ending without like saying too much he thinks it's her when the phone rings and that just breaks my heart so much like it's happy for him like he died. Oh my god! The only, there we go. Well, yeah, he, he <laughs> Sorry. Well, there's a spoiler, but he basically he lived his only life, uh, his whole life, only one at one. Yeah. Thing, and uh, and it was pretty much promised to him, and yeah. it doesn't get delivered, and it really. But then, is it really sad because he thinks it is? That's what's interesting to me, because you could take it from two perspectives, knowing it's not her calling, but the fact that he thinks it's her calling means he like dies a happy man, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tragic yeah. love story, but in my opinion, it definitely deserves to be on my top ten. Got like this The Great Gatsby is probably up there with one of my favourite books, but not favourite romance movies. But I feel um, like do they make the girl yeah, more likable in the book? Because I really do want to read the book. Um it's hard. Like she is still sort of still the same. You could just yeah. tell that she sort of had to live her life the way that society yeah. expects yeah. her to. So mm-hmm. She and she just hates it. Like um, one of my most favorite lines from from the movie is where she says to her daughter, "Like the like the only thing a, a girl could be in life is a beautiful little fool." And yeah. and like I just think that sort of sums up her whole character. Like mm-hmm. the way that she sort of has to act, she has yeah. to sort of follow what everyone wants her to do, and she can't live her ha- the life the way that yeah, she wants. Yeah, I think there's a lot of layers to the movie. Even like the symbolism of the green light yeah. on yeah. the edge of the port. It's a it's a very yeah. It's it's heartbreaking. Yes, it's but a very heartbreaking. So why is it not on your list? Do you like the, the film? I do. I do really like enjoy it. it. Um, but. Yeah, that obviously there's just movies that I enjoy more, and yeah. I I actually don't know if it's one of Baz Luhrmann's best romance. I probably would put Romeo and Juliet above The Great Gatsby, but or even um Strictly Ballroom. I like okay. Strictly yes. Ballroom as well. So I'm more for his like older yeah. movies than his newer ones. But um, The Great Gatsby was my number four. All right, uh, moving on, and we'll go to Sky. Sky, what is your five? Okay, so my number five is Little Women, the 2020 in Australia, I guess. Yeah. One. Not on my list. Not on my list, but a great film. I was tossing up because, like, it's one of my favourite films, like, ever. But I like, like, every aspect of it, not just the romance. And yeah. the romance I'm talking about is Joe and Laurie, which is unpopular Ooh. in some people. <laughs> I really don't like it. Laurie and Amy. Yeah. So I'm a big Joe and Laurie person. <laughs> just the dancing. No, the dancing scene at the start. Yeah. Sets up, just such a nice scene. And then it's just so sad. Like the the iconic scene in the field when they discuss everything yeah. and don't end up together. It's just so sad to me. But I think it's the best film in the whole movie. Just like Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, I really do. And just the fact that like in heaps of scenes they're just they're switching clothes and stuff like. They do little things in there to show how close they are. And the ice skating scene and how they're always referring to, like, the ring that Joe 
gave to Lori. It's yeah. just like so sad to me. It just breaks my heart so bad. I mean, I have a few opinions about that. So I think it's definitely unrequited love on Lori's half. Yeah. Um, I think Joe only ever saw him as a friend. This is exactly what Stephen thinks too. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's that, 100% yeah. what I think. And I think the movie, this was on my top 10, I think it was five in my, yeah. my top 10 movies of 2020. Yes. I love this film. Um, for me, I don't, get. don't get me wrong, there's a lot of romance in it. It's a great period piece. But for me, I think, when I think of period piece romances, I think of something more like Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, because in my opinion, this movie is very unfocused in terms of its romance. There's a lot of different things going on. You've got Emma Watson's storyline, you've got everything that's happening with Joe and um, yeah. and Beth and I mean and Amy, so so you've got a bunch of stuff going on in this movie. And for me, I I do like the ending, and I think that is, yeah, is, I do too. I like that it's different. With, but, yeah. but, <laughs> I like it too. They don't have any chemistry. They, what do they do? He's Lori, a Lori and Amy, they in don't the have any nice moments. Chemistry. I don't want to know book. about it. I'm telling you right now, Joe and Lori. But who's the, who's what's the name of the guy at the end that? Oh, he has a hard name. Yeah, but he, that that <laughs> character that character that ends up with Joe is 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 just a lot yeah. personal. We don't yeah. know much about him because that's not the story that they're telling. Yeah, but, but they're gonna to have a great him. life I together. I want to see Joe and Laurie. They're the best. Every scene together, I'm just like. If Aw. you read the book, in the book, um, Amy really helps Laurie through a lot of things, like getting like she basically helps him get over Joe, and it's there's like this whole what? sort of. I don't know, it just feels a lot more natural in the book than what it came out in the in I just, the if they showed a little bit more of, because I haven't read the book or anything, if they showed more of Laurie and Amy together and they had more, like, romantic moments together, I might feel differently. But because I didn't really see <laughs> much of that and I just saw Joe and Laurie's moments. Well, yeah. I agree with Scott when it comes to that. I think Amy's yeah. not sh- uh, yeah. shown by... Forrest Few's fantastic in the movie. I just don't think she's shown to be very likeable yeah, in the film adaption. And uh, obviously, Saoirse... Yes, yeah, Saoirse Ronan is fantastic in the film. Um, so uh, obviously Laura Dern, she's yeah, Laura and that was Dern their second movie together. But... So they do have really, really good chemistry. Back and yeah. forth, uh, I've just never been so invested in a couple that's not even actually a couple in my life. Like I'm just so. <laughs> and I think Tim V. is a dweeb. So you know, listen, oh my god, I mean, it, I, mean I, I love the movie, but for me, I, as I said, I don't think the focus is solely on the yeah. romance. But I think it's a big feature. Also, so I just have to say this may be one of the rare moments where we actually agree on something. As I mean, well, I yeah, very disappointing. Oh, not a lot, Jeez. but. Jeez. <laughs> All right, and that was so your was number, number five. five. Yeah, number four. So my number four is Love Actually. It was a contender. Yeah, you it was a contender for mine as well. Oh so close. Oh, I love I just, this movie. I just constantly see myself coming back. It's a yearly. Obviously, it's a Christmas movie as well, so you have to watch it yearly. It's definitely going to be but, my top ten Christmas movies. It will be one of those lists. Yeah, it's just so. It's just Spoiler. a really nice movie, and I like the that you don't really get bored because there's such a variety of like storylines, and they all have different outcomes. I like mm-hmm. how I'm a really big fan of like unhappy like endings that aren't cliche, and I like that there's a mix in that movie of like happy endings and ones that don't end so well. But, and the all-star cast, like, Kira Knightley, Andrew Lincoln, Hugh Grant, Liam Neeson, Colin Firth, like, it's just, I just love it so much. I mean, it is a, it's a, it's a great film. Uh, I only saw it again. This is another one that I only saw uh, this Christmas, yeah. that just passed. Um, and I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the different stories, as you mentioned. For me, um, the, Wait. the quality of each story uh, definitely 
for me varies greatly. My um, favourite storyline so is So I Hugh think Grant's. that there's definitely some that are stronger than others. Yeah. And I think like you've got the guy that is on vacation that wants to sleep oh, with all yeah, the women. The, did you just say that kinda... you only just watched it I only watched at it Christmas? Christmas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The I first time. Oh, I know. So I've got gaps in my romance, but I've filled them. I've filled I filled all of these gaps. I can't believe that. You've uh, just shocked me. I shocked you. Well, I, I hadn't seen it. So I watched it. I've heard it. I've seen scenes. Obviously, I have saw the Andrew Lincoln stuff before and stuff like that, but yeah, I haven't seen the actual yeah. movie. So I watched it. I really enjoyed it. I think it's a great film. For me, as I said, the quality of the stories definitely vary. Um, and yeah. well, I don't really like the... I don't like that some don't really get concluded as well in this film. Yeah. Um, and uh, even stuff like uh, what's his name, um, Alan Rickman's storyline. Oh, so it's, it's heartbreaking, not in a good way for me. But I yeah. love the I love the Hugh Grant storyline. I love the Liam yeah. Neeson storyline. The Colin Firth storyline is a yeah. whole other movie where he goes I to know. The, at the restaurant. It's a fantastic scene. The airport scene's fantastic. So I think it's definitely in contention for the top ten movies in romance it might be on my list if I watched it multiple times as well but as I said I've got problems with it but overall great movie I like how they tie into each other's lives and they randomly pop up as well but I also think a lot of movies have tried to be love actually like Valentine's Day New Year's Eve and it's just clearly superior I think that the chemistry um, out of everyone is the best between Hugh Green and his secretary it's a fantastic relationship obviously got the heartbreaker Liam Neeson with his his son going to the airport that's iconic um so yeah, there's a lot of things to like about this movie, and um, Bill Nye is fantastic. As oh, well his, in his he is just yeah. so funny, and I love that the romance side for him was him and his manager. Yes, <laughs> like, yeah. I just oh, I loved it. <laughs> but just that song as well has become just yeah. as iconic yeah. as the <laughs> original. <laughs> <laughs> it is great. It is great. <laughs> but yeah, great movie. Love Actually was your number four. Number yep. four. Okay. Oh, I guess we'll move on to my number five, which is a great movie. I love this movie so much. And it is Romancing the Stone. Oh, my God. <laughs> man, no, man. Not on your I, list? I really wanted to put it on my uh, list. Not on mine either, but... I, I, I prefer to think of it as more of an action movie. Yeah, see, no, yeah. it's definitely a romance. <laughs> so, I mean, for those of you who haven't watched it, it came out back in 1984. It stars Kathleen Turner as Joan Wilder, a romance novelist. And then you've romance got novelist. Michael Douglas as Jack T. Colton. So, basically, Joan Wilder has to travel to Columbia as her sister has been kidnapped. Um, she is sort of, I guess, as... I don't know, when you picture, like, a librarian back in the day, she sort of looks like that, wears, like, the long skirt, yep. has her hair up in a, yeah. in a barn. Like, she's just someone that you would never expect to go out on an adventure. And so then she travels to Columbia, way out of her comfort zone, meets uh, Michael Douglas's character, Jack T. Colton, where he is just the complete opposite. Um, he's sort of, like, an adventurous kind of guy he's got the dream where he wants to buy a boat and sail around the world and and just live a crazy life pretty much um you've also got Danny DeVito as sort of like the he's not really the bad guy but he's kind of like the bad guy's goon I guess is the best way to describe him um and he's trying to like trying to find Joan Wilder and there's just a whole bunch of like things happen and it's just yeah it's funny he kind of gets separated then they find each other but um basically it just follows Joan Wilder and Jack getting closer and and falling in love and it's a it's a great movie I 
it was a tough omission. It was in my the thirty movies that I originally wrote, but I yeah. went more on my list towards things that I think have. Again, there's movies that can bait like Groundhog Day that might not be particularly the main focus is love, but I try to keep it more towards that. I think, as I said, this is more of a, a an adventure film, and I love the I love the movie. It's one of my favorite movies. I actually go back between whether I like this movie or Jewel the Norm or I think both of you guys like Romance in the Snow. Yeah, movie. I love but, the mudslide part. But yeah, for me, I think they're too. both great scenes and, you know, when the going gets tough, the yeah. tough get going. <laughs> it's one of the greatest music videos of all time and I, uh, I love it. And uh, they're, they're came, all three of the cast members' chemistry in this is fantastic. Yeah. Danny DeVito's, uh, but obviously the main focus being uh, Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner who are both uh, fantastic. Yeah, in their chemistry in this is just yeah. absolutely uh, incredible. Joe Wilder, Romance Novels, one of the most iconic scenes of all time. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, yeah, I love everything about this movie because I can't, can't insult it definitely, but that's why I didn't make my list. I can only say that it didn't because I think that the action-adventure aspect genre of the film it's just really fun. is more yeah. prevalent than the romance. Even the romance is very strong, don't get me wrong. So, yeah. yeah. Any other thoughts, Scott? Not really. I just no. think it's really fun. It's not really up there for me in terms of romance either, but there's definitely the romance there. Like, I see what you mean. Yeah. If we're doing, like, a treasure hunting list, <laughs> it would probably be very close to the top. Yeah, it's like, really yeah. good movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, number four was... Uh, number five, sorry, was the romance in the stone. Yep, so number four for me is Clueless. Uh, so... In terms of where movies sit, this is probably up there as with as one of my favourite movies of all time, as well as one of my favourite romance movies. I absolutely love this I've film. I've seen Clues. It's not on my list, but yeah, it's really good. So, uh, when you mentioned, I think in the first episode, you're like, oh, you've seen Clueless, and I just kind of agreed with you to not interrupt you, but I've not seen Clueless. So <laughs> oh, have you really not? Yeah, okay. So. I, 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 I kind of called out my family as a liar, but I was, just like, <laughs> I was more so just agreeing with you. I didn't, we didn't have a conversation about it, but no, I've not seen Clueless. Okay, well, so this was made back in 1995, um, directed by Amy Heckling, uh, adapted by Emma, which obviously if you're listening to our previous podcast, I've discussed, um, follows Sher Horowitz um, as she tries to, I don't know, I guess she's a high school student, she's very rich, um, has that iconic scene at the start where she's changing clothes through a computer yeah. screen which everyone wishes yeah. yeah everyone wishes that was some sort of technology that was available these days I'm sure um basically she's at school has no sort of she doesn't really care about finding partners but she really enjoys finding relationships for other people yeah like matchmaking yeah, yeah. so um she had she like the whole thing is that she sort of sets up her teachers um and then she meets ty played by Brittany murphy um and decides that she wants to make over her and find her a boyfriend as well um basically uh you've got paul rudd in this too um who plays josh which is her ex-stepbrother so yeah (laughs) which is a bit of a a weird thing there but um their parents were together and then they separated so they're not really, they're really not siblings, directly related yeah. but yeah there's kind of something a bit weird there but yeah. anyway the <laughs> chemistry between alicia silverstone <laughs> and paul rudd is just great so i mean you've kind of got the bickering between them and then they sort of slowly start to realize that they have feelings for each other and then you've got 
oh, one of the most iconic scenes when Sher finally realizes and she's walking and then all of a sudden the fountain behind her just starts yeah. spurting up <laughs> because she's had this massive realization that she's in love with Josh and oh, there's just so many great things. Like, I mean, I've probably watched this movie once a year, if not more. I studied this in high school and I still am not sick of it. That's how much I love this movie. <laughs> Yeah. I've only Oops. seen it, I think I've seen it like twice or something, but it's very like, I, I love the whole aesthetic of the movie. I love Cher or Cher or however you say yeah, it. Yeah, Cher iconic. and American, yeah. but yeah. well, we're Australian. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll go but yeah, it is very iconic. I love the ending too. It's just, it's really nice and fun. For me, I haven't seen the movie. Um, even I know that. It seems like Alicia's also in a poor run, make good She's just couple, the best. from what I've seen yeah, over the years. Yeah. Uh, the parts that I've seen, like the small parts. But uh, it's definitely one I've, one I've missed uh, in romance. Is it? Is it? It's very heavily romance, yet it's not more of a comedy. That's the only it's kind of. It's probably a rom com. Yeah, be a rom com. But okay. I mean, you've got multiple sort of relationships happening throughout the movies okay. as well. Like it's you've sort got of her a bit best like friend. And... About you. It's like very teenage high school. It seems yeah. very nineteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's very nineteen. I feel like I feel like uh, you love this movie and again it's probably a great movie. I haven't seen it so I can't comment on the quality of the movie, but I feel like nostalgia definitely plays a part Yeah, in it so definitely does. Yeah. There's <laughs> a lot of lot of nostalgia for it. But um yeah, I mean there's just so many like I grew up Oh, you have no idea how much I used to replicate her. I cause she does like this whole hair flick in the movie. I used to go around yeah, doing that all the time. Yeah. I used to want a jeep because yeah, she drives oh God, one in yeah. the movie. Like I, that's how obsessed I, I was with this movie. I've obviously gotten over that stage, but I still love the movie. <laughs> all right. Well, those were our five and fours. Yeah. So now we're going to move on to three and two. All right. Moving into the top three now, and it's. Time to get serious, and uh, definitely, as I said, let us know what you guys think of the list so far, um, and your thoughts on the overall list. Who's got the best list? Um, I think I know who's last, but anyway, let's let's continue. Uh, all right, my number, <laughs> my number three is Titanic, and released in 1997, it's uh, one of my brother's favorite movie, his favorite movie ever. It's one of the most iconic movies, one of the highest grossing movies of all time. It was when it came out, uh, directed by James Cameron. It stars. Leonardo DiCaprio as Jack Dawson and Kate Winslet as Rose and these two uh, this, the chemistry is amazing and a lot of times when you talk about the Titanic and obviously it was a, a real disaster that you know it's one of the biggest events probably in human history in terms of you know human made thing and destruction uh, but uh, what, when people think of this film they usually talk about the destruction and how intense and the situation gets and how desperate the desperation as they try to escape this ship when it sinks but a lot of times what gets forgotten is that the you know the first hour and a half to two hours of this movie because it is such a long movie and uh, the chemistry that these two build up and I mean at the it's it's without a doubt a, a love story um, you've got an older Rose played by Gloria Stewart who I believe won the Oscar for this movie I think she might have actually oh, really? won it she definitely got nominated I think she might have actually won it for this movie as the old Rose as she's um, telling the story and it's just great you've got obviously Jack Dawson coming from a background where you know he even has to win tickets in a poker game to get on the actual Titanic itself and um, you've got Rose who's engaged to Kia played by Billy Zane who's a renowned dick basically um <laughs> Yeah. and you know that when they meet you know Rose is going to kill herself and Leo comes out uh, Jack comes out and saves her and you've got the classic line of if you jump I jump 
uh, which comes back to play, play a huge role later in the film. But yeah, I mean, they both come from different backgrounds, different financial and cultural backgrounds. And uh, it's amazing that in this trip, on this, this trip that will change, you know, the course of history, that these two, they'd only ever met on this ship and they only would ever talk to each other on the ship and they managed to do it. Their chemistry is unbelievable. And um, yeah, they get some great back and forth. You've got the, obviously the, the iconic drawing scene and, um, you know, all, all composed by Celine Dion's, you know, I always, I, you, ah, my heart will go on as I'm trying to say. <laughs> but uh, yes, uh, a fantastic movie and the love the love stories is great. It's a great showcase for Kate Winslet, Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio. What do you guys think of the film? Yeah, I think obviously they're meant to be together because, yeah, Destiny obviously won the ticket to meet her and it would have been nice to see where their life would have gone if the ship didn't sink obviously yeah. but still I still think if you love someone you wouldn't let them freeze for you oh yeah you've got <laughs> the controversy of the I whole really door situation I if you really haven't seen Titanic then if you really watch it, really were in love then why would you let someone die for you but then on the other side you've got him sacrificing yeah himself. I like the sacrifice yeah, it's a, it's it's a great like sacrifice yeah. Yeah. yeah but I just don't find her that likeable I really don't. I, yeah. Noletta, what do you think of this I, I disagree. I think she's very likeable. <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, yeah, I think Rose is a great character. And I just sort of, I don't know, like I kind of like that she puts herself out there. Obviously, it's set in a time again when, I don't know, societal sort of yeah, things like that she are goes happening. And this wasn't socially acceptable. Yeah. This was yeah. a relationship at all. And yeah. it's just a shame that, the, the you know, we know that it's come the Titanic, but the big tragic event happens because, yeah, yeah as you said, it would have been great yeah. to see what their lives would have been yeah. like. And when the action starts, it's it's fantastically, uh, it's fantastic directed by, you know, James Cameron. And it's the desperation of these two, you're really rooting for them to survive and get mm. out of this situation. Yeah, That's really... seemingly impossible to get out of. So. I also really like the contrast of when he is at dinner with her family and then she goes down to like the poor end and the dancing, the dance yeah. scenes. And it just looks best. so much more yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that too. But I, I just think, um, I don't know, James Cameron has just created such a great sort of couple from nothing really. I yeah. mean, like... Sure, this whole Titanic thing happened, but these two people weren't real people that that we know of that were on this ship. Yeah, as I said, it's such a blockbuster. If you if you managed to see it in cinemas, which I didn't, and none of us here did, um, it's just a once in a lifetime film. And uh, James Cameron is the king of the box office. I mean, the only movie he's made since this is Avatar, which also was the most financially, you know, highest grossing film of all time. Uh, and then also to mention, we've got the ambitious ending with Gloria Stewart and the fact: did she die or was she dreaming? When it comes to uh, when it comes to seeing Leonardo DiCaprio, Jack Dawson again. The death ending's better because at least they ended up together. She definitely, yeah. in my opinion, is dying and like going to heaven and getting. I'd like to think that again. too, but never, yeah. never confirmed. Yeah. But um, yeah, Titanic is my number three, and it's a it, what what else is there to say about such yeah. an iconic movie? It's yeah. a great film. If you haven't seen it, I don't know what you're doing with your life. Because majority, <laughs> everybody should see this film. <laughs> Uh, all right, moving on to my number two, and it is a film that's very close to my heart. It's one of my favourite movies ever, starring two of my favourite actors ever, uh, the queen of romance and rom-coms in the 1990s. It is Meg Ryan, uh, starring with Tom Hanks. It's You've Got Mail, 1998. It was not letters number 10, Sky, not on your list. No. No. Uh, this movie uh, tells the story of two people um, from very different, again, financial statuses you've got meg ryan who is a uh 
a librarian. She runs a bookstore. She's not a librarian. Not a librarian. She, she runs a bookstore. Um, <laughs> and it's a, obviously a smaller family business. Uh, and then Tom Hanks, uh, you know, on the other side of things, he his father is a very successful businessman and he's planning to open a kind of a corporate big uh, bookstore that's going to put a lot of the other local bookstores out of business. And Noletta, as someone that you know loves books, and she's you know she's a she's a book owner. She's she she, book she runs book. a store exactly. <laughs> uh, obviously, you relate to this, and this is probably why that's on your list. Yeah, um, definitely. Yes, uh, and then obviously you've got the whole the whole uh, thing of email and what happened with everything that was happening um, in terms of the internet at that time, and this movie really. Uh, it it cha- like it was an unheard concept at the time that two yeah. people could meet through the internet and like so many people have met in the past twenty to thirty years from the internet they build it a bond they don't like each other at first when they well they do it when they meet but when she finds out that she's he's planning to put her out of business they have all those differences but online they don't know they're talking to the same person and um, it creates a, back, a great back and forth yeah and I love that it's just kind of yeah created this whole new genre of romance films in that fact that they are talking online and then also know each other in real life and have no idea it's kind of i guess back in the 90s it was this weird thing to think that you could speak to someone online and have no idea who they really are but um yeah it just kind of goes to show once again that they were meant to be that they were obviously pulled towards each other so the real the real conflict in the movie comes when you know uh meg ryan's She's, she hates Joe because of what he's going to do to the bookstore after they meet. It's a happy meeting and he takes her to their store and she reads his niece and nephew's a story and they have the big, the love action, the, the, you know, the lovely interaction of where he, you know, gets a balloon stuck in the door and he's yeah. like, good thing it wasn't a fish, an iconic line. Um, but then eventually, yeah, they, they dislike each other because he's going to close them down and they, the, well, at the same time, they, they're loving each other basically online. They agree to meet for a date, and she shows up to the restaurant slash diner, I think it was. And uh, Tom Hanks is outside, and he sees her waiting for him. She, he thought it was going to be, you know, some amazing woman. Then he finds out that it's Meg Ryan, who he likes. Don't get me wrong, she's an amazing woman. But at the time, obviously, they had the conflict, and yeah. he debates whether to go inside and meet her or not. And you love that scene, Scott. It's an iconic scene, and he does agree to go in, and um, but she doesn't know that it was. Yeah, that him that was, she was waiting yeah. for that he's the person online and, and she's annoyed because she's like you're 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 ruining yeah, my date. you're ruining my date yeah i like that they bicker and argue again and they definitely do have really good chemistry i've just yeah. seen a lot of movies that i think is higher in my opinion but it's controversial. <laughs> it's, it's a controversial no, i definitely understand why you like it but i've only seen it once again so and i love all three of their, their collabor- uh, collaborations obviously you've got you've uh joe vs volcano then you've got sleepers in seattle and then uh, you've got Mail, which I believe might all be done by Nora Ephron. So she's a master at romance movies. I think that this movie, in my opinion, is superior to Sleepless in Seattle, which obviously I think it, it gets so much, like Sleepless in Seattle gets so much praise where I think yeah. this movie kind of gets a little bit forgotten. I know, and I think it's a and great it deserves more praise, definitely. Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks, they're at the top of their game in yeah. the late 90s and their chemistry is unbelievable. So that was my number two. You've got Mail. What, uh, what is your number three score? Uh, my number three is The Notebook, the classic. Which is also on my list at number three as well. The exact same spot. I think this might be the first time it's ever happened on the history of the show. It isn't on my list. I have seen the movie, though. I'll get into my thoughts <laughs> on it. Okay. Well, I just love The Notebook. Everybody loves The Notebook, apparently, except Stephen. But, <laughs> but especially the start, like, my favourite part of the movie is when they're young and they're just living their, like, everyday lives and you get to see their little dates. Even their meeting at the carnival is so cute. Yeah. I love that. And then 
Yeah, just like the little montages they put in of them on their little dates when he's like, get in the water. Yeah. Love that one. <laughs> but yeah, the whole movie's just cute. And I like that like, time passes and you get to see them older and like cranky old Noah. I love yeah. that. It's definitely a big contrast from when he's young. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's probably no one's it would be surprised at all that the notebook is on my list. The only <laughs> surprise is that it's not number one. Um, because I talk about this movie a lot. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I saw this back in cinemas back in 2004. Um, loved it so much that I had to go back and watch it again the next day. So it got lots of my money. <laughs> um, I just like the chemistry between Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams, obviously they ended up dating for a little bit after this movie and yeah. it's probably because they yeah. just had so much chemistry in the movie that they probably thought, yeah, let's just give it a go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were just absolutely amazing. Um, but I kind of like, I guess there's been a lot of themes throughout our, all of our lists um, that about like the whole um, rich person dating yeah. the poor person. Yeah. That seems to be a big thing in a lot of romance films and obviously that is also the theme in this movie as well. And just the fact that he literally builds a house for her yeah. exactly how she wants it and everything yeah. and they're not even together. Oh my god. <sighs> and that line, if you're a bird, I'm a bird. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah, when they like go sa- right, um, sailing, like or rowing out into the middle of the yeah. water yeah. and there's just, oh... And then they come back and they angrily kiss in the rain. Yeah, I like how they avoid it for a while too when she yep. comes back and they're just like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're just drawn together. And then you got poor James Marsden, who's just sort of like... Who's honestly, he, he is a great character and like on, and he's not that bad of a guy. She probably could have ended up with him and been quite happy. Yeah, but he's but not Noah. He's not Noah. He's not Noah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's that whole thing where going back to her first love. And, yeah, and not to mention the um, storyline of the older people. Like yeah, yeah. Well. So That's they're, also just he's as good as the... reading th- to her and because she's obviously got dementia and, and can't remember yeah. things so he's trying to tell this story and then the ending yeah yeah it takes a while to get there you're not really yeah. sure what's how they have relation yeah. or when ali at first all right i don't know if you guys want to hear my opinion but i'm i'm gonna put a little bit of a negative uh, aspect on this i I'll start with the thing that I like, and it's a big thing, and it is the elderly storyline. I love the elderly storyline between James Garner, who's a fantastic mm-hmm. actor in Hollywood history, and Gina Rowland. So I think they have great chemistry. I love the dementia storyline. It's just a tragic, it's so a sad. tragic retelling yeah. of you know because she's got dementia. She he pretty much has to you know he, 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 the fact that she can't even remember him is is oh, and he just tries so hard like yes, it's so evident absolutely. that he's just trying and trying. Yeah. Uh, my problems in this movie come which with something that you guys both said were incredible and amazing, and uh, that is the, the uh, chemistry between Ryan Gosling oh and Rachel McAdams. I don't buy it for a second. You're I don't kidding think, me? What do you mean? You I don't, don't buy I it. I don't think they make. I don't think they have good chemistry. That is the biggest joke I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> Can I talk, please? Sorry. No. <laughs> Your opinions don't matter anymore. <laughs> I just yeah. I don't. I don't buy it. I don't buy their relationship. I. I also think that uh, that. Ali is a bad person, and because she cheats on James Marsden completely, I don't know why. Uh, I just... And I just don't. 
you talk about oh, this this beautiful love story, and then you're completely cheating on your on your fiance that you're gonna marry. And you, I mean, like, yeah, what? but it's Noah. <sighs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> Noah, they could have broke up first. All I'm saying is, I think it it really spreads a bad message, and I think that the that oh, uh, just go God. cheat on your partner if you find true love. That's not what they're about. saying. Listen, that's hey, that's what I took away from the movie, and I, I don't think their chemistry is good at all. So, uh, yeah, that's that's my opinions on the novel. <laughs> no, but in most like romance or rom coms, there's always cheating. Like it's actually a common thing. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, it shouldn't happen, which but... is horrible. Yeah. And yeah, I, I don't agree that's what, that. The worst example of it I've seen. <laughs> I don't ag- agree with that. And like, yeah. So I feel like she should have probably broken up with him first. <laughs> yeah, but the plot. But... It's just all for the plot. It's a bad yeah. thing to do, but it wouldn't be. I've seen busy. this movie once. I don't intend to watch it again. <gasps> my so, goodness. Anyway. Oh my God. But um, <laughs> just have to put out there as well <laughs> that this is the movie that basically like made Nicholas Sparks such yeah. a big author. Like this was one of his first sort of Oh my god, really? I just realized I forgot the last song. That actually is so sad. Yeah. I actually completely forgot. <laughs> oh my god. Um I think he had one movie before this, like one book that made into a movie before this under the Tuscan Sun maybe. Oh no, yeah, so he like, like something heard. with older people in it but this was the movie that really catapulted him to become this massive author yep. that kept bringing out yeah movie and then the and last song and, and the and wrong, longest ride came from that and yeah two such good movies and i literally dear can't. john yeah, and, yeah like oh and God. he's still going to this day yeah, but now so he's kind of his um the the movies have definitely gone downhill from the notebook i, I think the longest ride. Have um, you seen that one yeah, I have. Not, <laughs> Not a fan. Oh my god! But um, oh my god! That almost made my list. Okay. I thought Just it was gonna be your, your top yeah, two. Yeah, I love um, it. Oh my god! But and now the saddest thing is that he makes books purely for them to become movies now, which he originally was the other way around. So I feel like that's kind of a bit sad, yeah. and the reason why I think that his the like the quality of his movies are declining. But Notebook, peak. Yeah. So good. Yeah. If that's the peak, I don't want to see the low. All right, let's uh, <laughs> move on. Sky, business line, what's your number two? Um, my number two is Suddenly 30, which you had. Uh, my number 10, yes. Let's it's talk just, about it. It's been like my favourite movie since I was a kid. And it's just, I don't know, it's just the nicest, like most feel-good comfort movie to me. I'm just obsessed with it. And I like the concept because it's kind of like time travel. Like she starts as 13 years old and obviously um, wishes that she's 30, flirty and thriving. I can barely say that. In, <laughs> but, in the yeah. US, obviously it is known as yeah, 13, 30. going on 30 yeah. like a lot of country, but yeah. Australia it's suddenly 30. Um, and then it's just her realising that her life is nothing like she thought it'd be. She becomes a really bad person and she has the opportunity to change it all because she's obviously living in her like 30-year-old yes. body. Yes, um, but it's also really funny. There are just really cute moments. Mark Ruffalo is amazing in it too because obviously they were friends when they were young and then she got too big for her bucks. and Yeah, forgets about yeah. him. Yep, and then he's still there. And obviously the Thriller dance scene makes the whole movie yeah. so good. Um, but even just them on the swings, like eating frazzles from when they were kids, like it's so nice. And the fact that Mark Ruffalo doesn't, he's trying so hard not to like her. Because she obviously really hurt him. Yes, yeah. it's just so nice to me. I I watch it so often. It's just like my yeah. favorite movie. I ever. think it's such a fun romance. Yeah, movie. it's so I fun. I just think it's just a fun a fun rom com. Um, the the chemistry is fantastic between Jennifer Garner yeah. and Mark Ruffalo, and I think that her transformation into pretty much a bad person. Yeah. Um, and 
that you know the the shock when she goes into a thirty year old body and sees yeah. her life and wants yeah, to change. And she's it. still it's, acting like a kid. Yeah, I it's love such, that. Such a innocent movie. It's such a good, yeah. great movie. And I actually uh, personally think that even when she's a kid and when she was getting bullied in the cupboard and stuff, I don't know what what child actress played her. It was Charlotte from Revenge. Charlotte, I don't know her name yeah, in real life. Yeah, I, I think that she did. Uh, Krista she B. Did Allen, a, I think, or something like she that. She did a great job um, yeah. as, as the young yeah. as the young version of the character. But I think the ending you've got the iconic thriller scene, which is. Yeah. Uh, which is an iconic yeah. dance scene. Um, Andy Serkis is as great as the boss yeah. in this yeah. movie. It's just Very a really nice movie. Um, I feel like more people should watch it. I feel like it's not yeah. talked about enough. It is a good movie. Yeah. But and I'm just not a fan of Jennifer Garner. What? Yeah. Oh, you're not a fan of I'm she's not a fan best. of her at all. I love her as Electra. Give me some Electra action. She's, she's, she's I just, got... I don't know what it is about her, but what she just annoys mean? me. I just <gasps> can't stand her. <laughs> See, that's how um, I feel about Ben Affleck. But Jennifer yeah. is everything to me. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I'm not a fan of her. But I love Mark Ruffalo, and he makes yes. the movie for me. Like Mark Ruffalo is amazing. He's so underrated in rom coms. Yeah, he's, I know. Like, he's, he's, Have he's you seen in um, so just many. Like yeah, yeah, yep. yep. Like he's he's just really good at at romance, yeah, he and is. it's he's kind of really underutilized in that sort of part. The last but, last episode, we I destroyed a relationship with Ben Affleck, but maybe we can get yeah. one back together. Come on, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner. Oh, uh, uh, let's uh. let's get it back. Uh, <laughs> all right, that, that, suddenly thirty, fantastic movie, one of your favorite movies ever, Scott. Yep. And uh, let's move on to another letter. You just named your number three. Yeah, number the... three was Notebook. So my number two is Stardust. Oh my god, Stardust! Oh, we both seen Stardust, but not on our yeah, list. No, I don't think. No. Yeah, no. I love Stardust. So this is this came out in two thousand seven. Um, it's based on a book by Neil Gaiman, I think is how you pronounce his surname, or Gaiman, I don't know, something like that. Um, I'm a big fan of Neil's books to begin with, but I actually watched Stardust before I read the book, and it's very different, I'll tell you what. Um, but anyway, it still sort of kind of has the heart of it. So it basically follows um, Tristan Thorne, played by Charlie Cox. Um, he is in love with Sienna Miller's character, which I can't remember her name right now. Um, let me quickly get that up. But anyway, he's in love with her and they see this falling star, um, which is Claire Danes, um, or Yvonne. Um, and then, so he basically tells, um... Victoria, which is Sienna Miller's character, um, he tells Victoria that uh, he is going to fetch her that falling star, and that um, if he if he brings it back for her, or she kind of says to him, "Oh, if you if you get if you bring me that star, then I'll I'll marry you." Yeah. Basically, yeah. but she's kind of in love with Humphrey, who is played by Henry Cavill. Um, oh my, is Henry? And yeah, oh he's blonde yeah, yeah, and he's blonde and young. Yeah, yeah it's like Absolutely. one of his first sort of movies. Um, and so he ventures across the wall into this whole another world, pretty much, where it's full of fantasy. So you've got um, these other side storylines of the princes fighting to be the last one alive so that they can take over the kingdom. Then you've got Michelle Pfeiffer as a witch, um, ch- also chasing the fallen star so that she become yeah, yeah, such Michelle a great Pfeiffer. villain. Oh um, she's the witch who's chasing, also chasing this falling star, so that she become she can become young again. Um, and then you've got Robert De Niro as a sky pirate, Probably his weirdest role who as a pirate. is yeah. Yeah. <laughs> pretending to be this big 
bad, like, ruthless pirate, but he's actually gay and enjoys cross-dressing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the whole heart of this story is with Tristan and Yvonne, and they're sort of traveling together. He's sort of dragging her back across, trying to get her back across the wall, but on their journey through meeting all these different people, they sort of start to fall in love. Yeah. It's a, it's definitely an underrated movie. That's for oh, sure. Oh, so like, underrated. I, I've only seen it, I think, once or yeah, twice. Yeah, oh, I've watched it so twice. many times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, their chemistry is great. Clear names and Charlie Cox. This is not about the movie. Uh, this next comment, but I just got to say it because someone needs to hear this. But every time I see Charlie Cox, I'm like, you're blonde. I can't, I can't deal with you because I can't see. <laughs> but that's just me from the theater. I'm just like, how, how is he seeing? Well, I knew of him. But, from this movie yeah, yeah. like before seeing Daredevil yeah, so yeah. to me he'll always be Tristan Thorne but um, but yeah great villain from Michelle Pfeiffer um, really good underrated fantasy story for sure yeah I remember it's like our story. brother was the one that like forced us to watch it and I was so like sus I was like this does not look good at all and then I actually ended up liking it it's very it. underrated I just it's really so watched it again yeah Really no one ever talk talks about it but I remember really like loving it when I watched it yeah, yeah. definitely, yeah. definitely uh, it's just one of my favourite like movies ever obviously definitely one one of my top two favorite romance movies so um (laughs) i just think i just love the adventure in it i love um the fantasy elements i'm obviously a big fan of fantasy um i love that like you've got sky pirates which is such a random (laughs) cool thing i love that like the whole premise of these people becoming king in this land is that they have to kill off all the rest of their brother like brothers i just think that's crazy but neil gaiman is just like such an incredible writer and he's just obviously thinks of these weird things but it's one of matthew vaughn's first big movies yeah to x-men yeah and, uh, then uh obviously the kingsman, kingsman yeah um but yeah i it's it's for me it's uh, it's uh, it's like a novel it's a is it based on novel yeah yeah, yeah. it's a yeah. novel adaption that uh has a clear focus for the because a lot of times you see these big fantasy movies coming out and they don't really have a clear focus and yeah. they're a bit of a mess like i for example like the golden compass but it's not a, it's a it's a huge mess in compared to something like this movie so yeah. i think uh i think it's as i said a very underrated film yeah all right, that so was that's your... our, all our number three and twos. All right, we're into Getting the into... business. And before yeah. we get to it, um, don't really say your predictions, but do you know what everybody's number one is? Because You kind of know mine because... The Fault in Our Stars and Lowland. Oh, well, I said don't say it, but... Oh, uh, I could be. sorry. Uh, and I think... Ooh, I don't, I don't really know yours. But we'll get to it. Uh, number one's coming up. Alright, moving on to my top romance movie of all time. And uh, Sky, you kind of really just spoiled the whole thing. <laughs> uh, obviously, it is was uh, Lauren, your list was at your number seven. It is La La Land. It's uh, my favourite romance movie of all time. Yeah, I was kind of expecting this to be on your list. I didn't one? think uh, it was going to be number one, though. Well, yeah, it not. I thought you've got mail. Yeah, I thought yeah. you've number got mail, two. too. It was back yeah. and forth, but... Uh, yeah. I rewatched this movie. It kind of might have helped as well a couple of nights ago, but uh, fantastic film. Uh, it's one that I saw with Noel Letter for the first time in cinemas when it came out at the back end of 2016, and uh, it's a movie that's stayed with me ever since. It's the chemistry between um, Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone, absolutely outstanding. Obviously, um, Seb is an uh, aspiring. Uh, he, he loves jazz and he wants yeah. to. He wants to basically open his own club. Um, and uh, he 
pretty much has to take all these crappy jobs like being you know a musician for jk simmons character um like piano player at uh at his restaurant uh but that's his goal emma stone uh she has her own mia has her own dreams of being an aspiring actress she works at a coffee club on the warner brothers set um and these two basically have some bad interactions between each other before they before they really meet and really hit it off and uh it's the chemistry is at a different level for yeah, these two. Yeah, and it's their third opinion. movie yeah. together as well. Yeah. So. After Crazy Stupid Love and... And Gangster Squad. Gangster Squad, yeah. yes. Um, but yeah, it's. I mean, this movie, when I saw it for the first time, really, I mean, it, it was... It, for me, it's a masterpiece. I mean, the, the songs are fantastic in this movie. Uh, a Lovely Night is just a, a, such an iconic scene on the yes. mountain. City of Stars uh-huh. is a great song and even Another Day of Sun and you got the audition. There's someone in the crowd. There's so many great moments in this movie but yeah it's definitely a love story and uh, Damien Chazelle obviously fantastic directing he uh, definitely painted his picture of the perfect Hollywood and really yeah. did a tribute to, to Hollywood yeah or the colours and the way it was like executed yeah. was and so it nice really movie. comes down to a choice of uh, of whether you know it comes down to a choice of career versus love and your dreams versus love and, yeah. and can you make both work or do yeah. you have to choose one and uh, for those that haven't seen the movie, slight spoilers that it is a uh, well, it's it's a little bit of a spoiler that it is a uh, a very tragic uh, yeah. ending, and yeah. just like most of my top movies are, are tragic endings, and it's it's one that breaks your heart when you see it for the first time because these two are so likable together, um, Ryan Gosling yeah. and Emma Stone. I just love before right before a lovely night when they're looking for their cars and it, like you see after his car was right at the front of the party yeah. and he just walked around with her just to be with her that makes me so happy yeah. yeah and just the fact that he changed his bar's name from chicken on a stick to Seb's for her like he just changed it for her and then the ending it's the, just so tragic the final look is just so yeah. like you can just see yeah. like regret the look at what breaks my heart yeah. Yeah. so oh, bad breaks my heart like but this movie will also always be be iconic now because of what happened at the Oscars. Yeah. Oh yeah, with it being called as the best movie winner when it wasn't actually the best movie winner. Yeah. It got robbed. It got robbed. It did got get robbed. It should have won. 100%. But um, yeah, I just feel I kind of feel sorry for it, knowing that that's kind of going to be the yeah. thing that people are going to remember this movie by yeah. as well. But um, I know this is one of your favorite movies. So why? Yeah, it is. It was very close to being on my list. Oh, okay. Very, very close. Um. Yeah, I, it just got sort of knocked off. Probably would have, yeah, sit at like a number 11 or 12, okay. I think. Wow. Oh, my God. Um, That's crazy. Yeah. Crazy to I me just think Seb is so likeable. Like, everything he does, just because he's got, like, he's kind of a smart ass as well. Yeah, he's he just, very likeable. Yeah. I think you can definitely side with both of them in their conflict for it. Yeah. You've got, like, yeah. she doesn't show up to her I think yeah. that was really bad, but uh, I think Seb's in the right more. Yeah, I, it's... I just, mm. But the the fact, yeah, the ending is just you can talk about the ending all day, but it's just it's just so heartbreaking when you when you see the where. And it's like he does have it. everything, but he has nothing. Like you can see in his face. But it's yeah. but it's also it's also beautiful in the sense that uh, that Mia says, no matter what happens, I'll no, always love not. you. No, it's not. That annoys and me. <laughs> you've got. I just have this hope that they will get back together. Like <laughs> that. Yeah, I don't know. It kind of leaves it up in the air that maybe because she has seen him again, like that could happen. But but yeah, an iconic movie, fantastic relationship uh, and chemistry between those two act- actors and uh, the songs that the songs are masterpiece yeah. in my opinion. I love the music and I love the uh, aesthetic of Hollywood and 
how he crafted this world and it basically it introduced uh, it also introduced he introduces me to jazz in this movie but also really uh opened that a bit more up to the mainstream in modern times as well uh with their betrayal of jazz in the in the film as well. yeah so, yeah um definitely a, a great movie lalaline this one number one and if you guys know me that's probably shouldn't come as a huge shock you yeah. guys might have you got mail and lalaline you kind of mix those two between yeah. each other but they're always going to be my top two when i um initially thought of this list yeah all right, Sky. Hey, Sky. Number My one. number one is a movie that probably no one's heard of or watched. It's I don't know. It's very underrated, and it's called Watch a Number with Chris Evans and Anna Faris. Oh, okay. It's no, no one's ever. That. I've never heard anyone talk about it. Me and my brother rented it to watch one night, and like weren't expecting anything. And now know. it's like one of my favorite movies ever. It's just like. A generic rom-com but their chemistry is so good Chris Evans in the movie is so charming but it's basically about like Anna Faris um, everyone in her life like her sister and all her friends have really like stable relationships and they're getting older and she just kind of wants what they have so she goes back to like the 20 guys or so she's been with before because she doesn't want to go um, out with any more guys she thinks it's just a waste of time so she's trying to go back to the people she's already been with to see if it will work and it just wasn't the right time and then Chris Evans lives across from her in their apartment complex and he starts off like helping her trying to like find all these guys and they start off like arguing and bickering all the time but then they like fall in love as it goes on and it's just so nice it's like my comfort movie they're like opposites because he's really like a live in the moment kind of guy and she's like I need my life on track like everybody else. Sleeps with a lot of women. Yeah. (laughs) Yes he's he's a He's a party. I, I, I watch... But he's more than that. That's what he seems like yes, at first. Yes. But then you can really see him as the movie goes out and you get to really know them better. And, like, she has a little passion where she makes little figurines and she doesn't think it's anything. But Chris Evans really encourages her to just do stuff and live in the moment and, like, live her dreams and stuff. It's just so sweet. <laughs> I, I, this was another one that I recently watched for the first time and uh, was off, obviously, because of you. And I um, think it's hilarious. Like, I know you don't like it as much as me, but I just think it's so funny. I think like, it's a good movie. I, I don't <laughs> it think seems like something I would watch. I don't think it's so top ten quality, yeah, but I think it's a good movie. Yeah, I know it's definitely not everybody everybody's cup of tea. And the main reason I watched this movie was because of Chris Evans and him and Anna Faris have a great performance. I think this is easily Anna Faris's best performance I've seen her in because I'm, hu- I'm not a huge Anna Faris fan. I don't yeah. like... Um, just friends, and I haven't seen the house wow. bunny, but I don't. I'm not a huge Anna Faris person myself. Um, but yeah, I mean the chemistry is is definitely the whole of this movie. Yeah. I uh, the thing is that I like that he like I like the scenes where he goes to her apartment to escape from the the women yeah. that he was with the night before, yeah. and you've got uh, all that back and forth, and she's looking for the one because obviously she's yeah. got the number thing that happens in the movie yeah. where she's you know the number of guys she slept with you got the average amount and stuff like that um, yeah. but I just would have liked to see them uh, be in the movie more together they're not they're in the movie a fair bit together but I feel like near the end yeah. and you have the conflict that yeah, Chris Evans goes a huge amount of time there without you have like yeah. yeah, but that's to show them that they're like seriously apart. I know, I know. It's like but for you to feel like, oh I, my god. I just think it was the strongest aspect of the movie. I think it is a corny movie. Yeah, um, and and I'm not saying it's not, I just it. love it. But I think it's, a, it's an entertaining watch, definitely. Um, it's yeah. it's a light-hearted romance it's movie so that you fun. just put on and, yeah. and watch. So I, I enjoy the movie. I could watch it over and over again and not be bored. No, Lily, you might have to watch it. Yeah, I think I definitely will watch yeah. it. It <laughs> seems like my cute. kind of yeah, movie. I'd enjoy it. All right, that was your number one, Sky, and... You 
Score 8 said that knowledge number one was the fault in their stars. I now know what it is because it was on our list earlier. It's not the fault in the stars. Is it not? What is no, your number it's one not. Nowhere? It's the Princess Bride. Oh my god, you didn't put the fault in the. Oh my god. No. It was close oh. to being on there. And instead, I went with Stuck in Love, which is oh. from the same oh, okay. director. But oh. um, yeah, so Princess Bride, as we said before, we had that sort of talk about whether it's romance or not. But you've got to think, this movie would not exist without the romance between. Wesley and, and Buttercup. And Buttercup. Yeah. But um, that's the whole purpose for anything that Wesley does in this movie. Yeah. So he goes out to try and find money so that they can, so that he can provide for her and yep. give her the best life and obviously becomes the Dread Pirate Roberts where, she, yeah, where she ends up telling the... Hump and dink. Yeah. <laughs> How do you say it? Hump Humperdink. She keeps telling him that she's not going to marry him because she's waiting for her love to to come home, and they basically told him that told her that he's dead and he's never going to come home. So she finally just gives in and marries him, or says that she's going to marry him because she's basically given up on life, and if she can't have Wesley, then she'll just do whatever. Yeah. And then um, obviously she gets kidnapped by Vizzini. And in Inigo Montoya, <laughs> which is one of the most iconic Magic. characters of, of all characters time. Um, and she gets kidnapped and the Dread Pirate Roberts obviously chases after them, has that great, great fight scene with Inigo Montoya and the um, and just like the, the scene where he has the poison, the cups and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then obviously gets Buttercup and... And she doesn't realise that it's Wesley until he shouts, as you wish. As they're rolling down the hill, that's yep. so good. And then yes. she decides to join him and roll down yeah. the hill with him. And, and basically they're sort of going on this quest to get back and get, and yeah, yeah and, and be, be together pretty much. And like, oh, it's just so iconic. It's so beautiful. Probably I the love, greatest movies of all time. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Like, I think it's, it's just one of those movies that uh, it's, it's one that wasn't was that successful when it so, came yeah out, but it's, it's really become such cool, a cult yeah. classic now yeah. like it's like i mean the fact that people still talk about it now is crazy but i kind of like the whole story thing where it's the the grandpa reading this story to his to his grandchild as well um and then they sort of cut in without all like too much kissing and like it's just, yeah, yeah like it's such yeah. such a great way because it's obviously um adapted from a book as well by william golding um the book obviously doesn't have any of those little cute scenes with the grandpa and stuff because they're reading yeah. Yeah. The, the book together so i definitely really like the movie i do think the first half of the movie is a lot stronger than the second half i don't know why it's just how i've always felt about it i love wesley um, but I don't, I'm not a Buttercup fan. It's just more of an event. I like Wesley and Inigo and Fezzik a lot more than the love I, side. I, that's I, I agree with yeah. that. And that, that's why it's my number six because oh. it's, uh, for me, it's a fantastic movie. As I said, I think it's one of the greatest movies of all time. It's very underrated. It's, uh, but for me, it's an adventure film first. Obviously, love is at the core of the movie. Yeah. And that's the like, reason they're doing Like, I definitely get why you have it because the love story But Buttercup good. goes a significant amount of time without being on screen in this thing. And I think that the strongest parts of the movie, and I love the whole movie, but I think the strongest parts of the movie are definitely the Inigo Montoya, the Wesley, Dread Bright Roberts, yeah. and the Fezzik stuff. Yeah. And I, 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 for, for me, he's obviously... Um, 
what who plays um Wesley again? What's his name? Um, Carrie Hughes. Yeah, 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 his yeah, last name. Yeah, yeah. he's fantastic <laughs> in the film. Yeah. Um, absolutely outstanding. Robin Wright, as I said, she's not in screen much, but yeah, for me, it's Carrie Hughes. Andre the Giant and uh, obviously Ignigo, who who's but Ignigo? to me like uh, they are just an iconic Patrick. like that trio and you got couple. there's so many iconic lines as you wish yeah. is fantastic yeah. that's the highlight of their definitely in my opinion it's like one of the most iconic lines of all time you've got and the then you've got of insanity you've got I didn't have to yeah. miss by Fezzik you got the it would be a shame to die it'd be a shame yeah. to kill you there's just so many great lines and in even getting further into the film as well when he, sort of he dies and. And um, Billy Crystal's uh, character brings him greatest, back to life. One and of the greatest. Says, true, we call the cameo. Comforting, comforting, comforting. I'm not listening. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic, uh, fantastic movie. And yeah. Uh, yeah, but for me, as I said, it's more of an adventure comedy. But I can see why it's there, yeah. and it's obviously made one because I think love is a, a key. It's the reason why all this is happening. Yeah. But for me, I just think that love might not be the main focus of the film. Yeah, like, I agree. Personally, so. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that was our ten to what? That was our top yeah. ten. Top 10. We did it. We made very, it. very different lists. Yes. I mean, how many did we... I think me and Sky had the most in common, potentially. Out of these. Which is really we, weird, because we usually disagree about it. Yeah, I think we had what we had. Uh, La Land, The Great Gatsby, When Harry Met Sally. Yeah. And suddenly third, we had four. Solid four effort. Solid effort. And then, uh, yeah, me and Oleta didn't have much common yeah, at all. Two. Two. You got Mail and Princess Bride, the bookend yeah. on your list. And uh, you and Sky... What do you guys have in common? Love it, adding the notebook, obviously. Yeah. Um, and that's it, I think. That's it. Yep, sweet. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, that was our 10 to 1. That was our top 10. Um, thank you guys for listening once again to the show, Sky. I hope you enjoyed your first yeah, experience. Yeah, thanks for having me. On what have we been watching? Um, <laughs> it, was a, it was a very entertaining list. I, as I said, I, I, there's obviously gaps in my romance thing that I need to check out more romance movies, but uh, I think we all did a pretty good job on our list. Yeah, yep. I think so. I enjoyed it. All right, well, next fortnight, we'll be back with another list. Uh, we're not going to announce this one in advance. I think we know what it is, but we're just going to yeah. finalise a couple of things. Um, so make sure you tune into that. Please remember to like what have we been watching on Facebook uh, and Instagram. Instagram as well. And uh, please like, share, leave a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Google Podcasts, or wherever you guys listen to your favourite podcasts. Thank you for listening to what have we been watching. See you next time. See you next time. Great having you, Sky, as a guest on the Thank show. Thank you. Hey guys, it's almost that time of the year again. The off-season is starting to wind down as the NRL gets ready to commence its biggest season, potentially of all time, season 2021. And Steve's NRL Footy Tips has you covered all the way up to the season launch on March 11th. Starting on February the 2nd, Steve will go through every single team's chances, look at their strengths and weaknesses, and predict where he thinks they're going to finish on the ladder at the end of the season February 2nd, we'll start with the Brisbane Broncos all the way to March 4th with the West Tigers in alphabetical order. So come join us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Google Podcasts, wherever you guys get your podcast from. Steve's NRL Footy Tips have you covered. Can't wait to see you there. The season promises to be bigger than ever. Let's have some fun. Come join me every second day.